E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles. Hey, what is up, family? What is up? Give me a hug. All right, I am back. Yes, Rob Ellis, Derek Gunn, sports take on this beautiful Monday. What's up, Gunner, man? How you doing? How you doing, man? How was your trip, dude? Oh, oh awesome. Let me give him a little love to Jim G, Christy, William, Tyler, K1, Twiz, Mr. Taz, William, Fitness Rebel. Good to see all you guys. Uh, trip was great, man. Uh, it was, um, we drove down Tuesday morning, left at five. Uh, so drove straight through, stop for gas, you know, whatever, but like essentially went straight through, did it in about 10, 10, 10 and a half, somewhere around there, um, right. which was good. That's about what it should be, right? If traffic's not crazy. Yep. Um, so we did that and, uh, happy to see all you guys too. Christy, I appreciate the love, man. I, I do. Uh, and, and what's up fitness rebel. Uh, you guys are the best love all you guys. Um, so we got down there clean Tuesday, uh, just kind of chilled for a minute, went out and got something to eat. I sent you some pictures of the barbecue joint we were at, uh, which was great. Food was great. Uh, and then Wednesday we moved her into her dorm, which was hectic. Okay. Good thing is we had the early, like we were 8 a.m. It went all the way up till three. So we had cool. the early shift, which is, I'd rather that, you know what I mean? Like oh, it was right. less crazy. Um, and South Carolina is a big school, man. So oh, there yes. were a lot of people, a lot of people. Um, so we moved her in. It was like in two, two different trips. By the time I'm telling you, Derek, by the time we like had her dorm set up, it was five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm not surprised. I tell you, I had to take three kids to college, man. I yeah. know what it's like, bro. Yeah, yeah. you know. So yeah, I, I got to ask you this. Yeah. What floor is she on? 18, the top floor of the top. Please tell me you didn't have to walk steps because I had to walk steps because the elevators, people standing in line forever just to get in the elevators. You didn't walk yeah. 18 flights. No, God, no. No, 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 no. But very long waits. Very long waits with the elevator. Um yeah, crazy, right? And then, and then the problem is too, like as you're going up, you're there. There's so much stuff jammed in the elevator; it's stopping at like every floor because somebody thinks they can hop on and go up, but you can't fit anybody. Yeah. So it's not like you're going straight up anyway. So we do all that. We get her in there. You know, you're exhausted. Uh, we, you know, we grab the bite after that, and then the smartest thing we could have done, and this is all my wife. Uh, not me. Cause I would have just like, Oh, let's get back in the car and drive back the next day. Yeah. So she's like, we're taking a day. We're going to chill. We're going to go to, go to the beach. Uh, you know, so we, we drove <clears throat> about two hours, maybe a little bit less to a place called folly beach. F O L L Y. I'm sure my yep. folks in South Never Carolina. Know. I wasn't familiar with it either. I didn't know folly beach and I didn't know there's a Sullivan's beach too, which is they're supposed to be right near each other, which are really, okay. really okay. cool. Uh, and I got some pictures I sent you guys. So this was oh. this was Thursday, you know, at dusk. Okay. Wow. I shot this from a pier. Think about you. I know you've been there, Gunner. Like Santa Monica and Malibu have those piers. Yes. Yes. So it's sort of like that. They have a nice little pier. It's not. It doesn't have like restaurants and stuff, but it's a pier you can go pretty far out on. So I started. I got a couple pictures. Uh, I like that. This one was pretty cool. The sun just looked awesome there. On oh, that, that was beautiful. Yeah. So I got I got a couple others. Tone has them. Um, He'll pull them up for us in a minute. But uh, the, 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 the Folly Beach is such a – there's the – look at that one. 
right? Oh my goodness. Were you, nice? staying, were you staying at that hotel there? Not that one, but like down a little bit. It was, it was a nice hotel. Okay. Um, so you see folks, so this is like probably seven 30 at night, maybe. I don't know. Wow. There's people still in the water. You know why the water was like 72 degrees, man. Oh yes. Like yes. it was unbelievable. It was like, and that's my kind of temp. Some people are like, Oh, that's not refreshing. I love that temperature. Thank you, because yeah. I've been I've been in beaches up and down the coast, Florida, and even California. And mentally, you've got to brace yourself for that, that first cold dip into yep. the water. When I was down in Myrtle Beach, man, it was like walking in the bathwater was so I was like, you talk about refreshing. Oh, oh, Derek, my I lived in there and I'm usually one like I go in. It takes me a long time to get myself in there because it's yes. freezing. I'll, I'll go in for a little bit and then I'm done. I went back in like four times and I stayed in for a long time. Like, a, And I'm like riding waves. It was great, man. Great. And that, the that, beach was chill. Yeah. It was chill. It wasn't crowded. Like people were just great, man. It was there. There's a little shot of the beach. That is awesome. Yeah. Now, and you, you, you would have loved it, dude. They yeah. were all fishing off the pier. Oh, man. Buddy had these great setups. My, my man had a setup where – he had a little like seat seating area for himself and his friend. It was him, two, two buddies fishing. Oh and my goodness! In the middle with the Eagles game on, <laughs> they must have had like the NFL ticket or whatever. Wow! They're watching preseason football fishing at dusk. Like, how cool is that? That's awesome, dude. Yeah. Now I, gotta, now I gotta ask you: Did you go in water above your waist? Yes. Uh, so you're a better man than I am. I ain't doing it. I Here's do why. It. I, I, yes, I, I did. And by the way, uh, Big Sills. Williams Bryce Stadium, he's 100% right about this. And I know he, I'm sure he played in that stadium. So he knows better than I do. But it is one of the greatest stadiums in the country. It is so cool. And, and my dog, you know what? I'm going to send you guys another picture. So I told you the, the, the one advantage, um, I got to send this to you guys. I'm going to pull it up now. The one advantage to being on the 18th floor, okay? I'm going to send both of these to you guys is that. Um, my daughter has a, a, a view of the stadium from her, from her door. Oh, I'm going to oh. send it to you. Uh, I'm going to send tone. I got two coming your way, man. Actually, the second one I'm sending you is better. Okay. It's better. Now, uh, as you, as you're unloading your daughter, did yeah. you look at her? Because I did this with all three of my kids. Did you look at her at one point and say, did you really need all this stuff? Do you yes. really need this? Yeah, uh, more than once I said it. <laughs> okay, I could just tell you that more than one time. Um, but it was, um, it everything went smooth, man. I, I will tell you, everything went smoothly. And you know what? Here, here was the nice part of it. Okay, Tone, I just sent that to you. It, um, whenever you get a chance, no rush. Um, yeah. we felt like she was in a really good place. Okay, and she was good and nobody lost it. Like we kept it, we kept it pretty together. Like uh, check that oh, out. Dude. That, oh my goodness. That's from her, her room. Oh my goodness. What a beautiful now, view. Now here's the weird thing. The stadium's about a mile away. So it's a little bit of an optical illusion with, it, it looks like it's, you know, you could walk there in two seconds. Wow. It, it's a little bit off in the distance, but still, right. Isn't that's badass, right? That right is there. a beautiful view, man. Wow. Yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So that's yeah. at night. That's what she can see at night from her from her dorm. Before um, you did, before you left, did you give her the fatherly lecture? I better not hear about you at frat parties. I better <laughs> not. Did you give her that lecture? Yes, yes. I said first of all, remember why you're here. 
you're here to get your education and not lose your mind and go crazy. Okay. You, but also more importantly, you're here to be safe, to be smart, to do, to make good choices. That's why you're here. And we trust you. And that we, we didn't trust you. You wouldn't be going here. You'd be going yeah. somewhere very close, but we trust you. So I, yeah, I gave all that stuff. So it now, went now, good. Now, now, no, you think she'll listen? Cause they all look at, okay, dad. Okay. Dad. Yeah. Dad. I know that. Yeah. Dad. I know. Yeah. yeah. Oh, she gave me that. She was like, Sorry to do a little fix there. Uh, on the on the yeah. So as I'm hugging her, like for the because she had to go, she had to leave, and she was doing this like stuff because she's rushing and all this other stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. So uh, she was like, "Dad, okay, I got it. Like we're I, I I hear you. Like get like all right. You know, she gave me one of those, which she always does to me. So it's all good. It was good. So anyway, and, good. and Folly, Folly Beach was great. The only down and it's whatever. We knew what it was going to be. The drive back was a bear. It was. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was. It was about thirteen hours with traffic because we went two hours south to, to Folly Beach. Yep. And we hit. There was an accident in North Carolina, which usually through the you get through the Carolinas pretty quick, is my experience. But the nightmare is like Virginia, Maryland. That's yes. tough. Right? Yes. So we, we did hit that. Uh, I had never ways took me this weird way. You might know it. In Maryland, there's a there's a bridge called the Harry Nice Bridge. Yes, yes. I had never been through that part of Maryland. Oh so no! Okay, all right. That's the way we went. And but listen, all all things told, it was nice to get away for a couple of days. And I, I missed you guys. Uh, I missed uh, you know. I'm always my mind is always if I hear something, I'm thinking, oh, that's that's good for tomorrow. Like yep. I, I and I yep. had I'm always in that mode. So I was. I can't get out of that mode when I'm on no, vacation. Never. I've got, and my wife goes, "Will you put your phone down?" I said, "I got to keep keep on top of this stuff, even though I'm away. I got to know what's going." So I'm not blindsided. I just got to keep on top of stuff. It's like an addiction, you know. Yeah, I'm the same exact way, man. I'm telling you. So, nonetheless, good trip. I'm glad to be back, and and it's not like <laughs> it's not like we're at any any uh, shortage of things to talk about there. No. Because- no, no, no. Now, before you move on, I got to ask you one thing. Yeah, I can't get this out of my mind. Um, and Dynasty eight five eight five six brought it up in, in the chat. Okay, explain white barbecue sauce. I've never seen this in my life, and I've I been know. coast to coast eating barbecue. I How's that possible? Uh, first off, I'm kicking myself. I forgot to get your dry rub, which I was uh, going to get you. But I, when I go again, I know where to go, and I'm getting it for you. Show's so, over. Show's I, over. I know. Here's what I did. So, like, they seated us, and I'm like, should I just get it now? Because I know I'll forget. Because I know the way I am. So we sat down and ate, and then I just left and forgot. But but I will get it for you. That stuff looked awesome. And I talked to a guy who's a regular in there who said this stuff is beyond legit. And this guy was Ooh. a barbecue guy. Okay. So anyway, I'm ta- I got you next time. I got you. Don't worry. But uh, so I said to the, the our server, uh, nice nice uh, nice girl. I said, what white sauce? I don't you know. I don't you know. I'm weird. I'm weird, I man. I don't know. So I'm like, what what's going on? She's like. I know it's different. It, it's more of a South Carolina thing than it is like a straight barbecue thing. Like you, you probably wouldn't see it in Kansas city. Like you wouldn't see it in Texas, any of that kind of stuff. She's like, just trust me, try it. Like put a little bit, blah, blah, blah. I'm telling you, dude, killer. Really? Killer. Yeah, it was killer. And I, Derek, I doubled up. I doubled up on ribs. I did ribs two straight nights, man. Yes. Yes. Oh, so good. We went yes. to this place, California Dreaming, the second night, which was cool. Uh, very cool place on campus. And uh, 
it sounds like it, 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 it's it's like a real restaurant. It sounds kind of like it, I don't know whatever it sounds like, but it was really really good, man. Really good. So yeah, I'm glad you had a great time, and you needed to get away, recharge, refresh the the mind. Yeah. It's like when I took off and went to California and back in May, it was like it was so cleansing to get out there to be with family, and you know we one day we had to hustle and bustle. We had to go two hours north to my niece's house because her daughter was having a baby shower yeah. and we went up there and they had it. They live in this, this community where dude, they pay $250 a month for um, association fees. They have a baseball field, a, a, a football field. Uh, and this is in their association now. Oh my God. Really? You should see the clubhouse that they use for the baby shower. That's next to the pool. This thing's ridiculous. So we spent – it was refreshing, and I was we're busy all day. And then one of the cousins came up from San Diego. He caters his own Mexican food and stuff. He makes his own foods and stuff, his own sauces and stuff. Dude, wow. it was unbelievable. The weather was perfect in the mid-'80s with a nice breeze. We had like 60, 70 people there. Dude, what a perfect day. But it was like I worked that day, but it was like so relaxing just to be around family I hadn't seen in a while. My wife's side of the family hadn't seen in a while. And that was therapeutic. Yeah, that's awesome, man. It is. It is therapeutic. You're right. It, it was it, as much as we were sort of hustling the whole time. Yeah. It, a, it was good to be in a different atmosphere. It, I saw palm trees for the first time in a while. Like it, it was just, it was a calm setting. The yeah. beach day really helped me. Man. That topped I, it off. Yeah. Like that was kudos, man. Now, now really you drove cool. 13 hours back. Could you get in the car the next day and drive another 13 hours? Derek, I, I, and I did. So I said to, I said to my wife, like, I, you know, we, we, so we, we didn't get up crazy early Friday. Like we got up at, uh, we left at six. I think we left at six. Um, no, we left at seven. Sorry. We left at seven. So, uh, I'm like, I'll do at least the first eight. You just go, just get in the car, go, go in the back seat and go to sleep. My son doesn't like to sleep in the car. So he was shotgun. He rode shotgun yep. and he came down to help us, which he was a big help. Um, so, he and I just, you know, we're talking sports, Sixers and all that. He loves Sixers, the Sixers. But anyway, so she slept for a little bit. I ate like the first, I ate the first 10 of it. I did 10 straight. Yeah. I ripped off 10 straight. We stopped once, you know, whatever. Just something to eat, and, you know, I get, get fuel, fuel up a couple times. But yeah. um, no, to answer your question, I, I can, I do not want to drive beyond 20 minutes for, for a long really? time. Really? Yeah. I'm good. I'm See, good, man. I'm the kind, I'm kind of person. I could drive 17, 18 hours. Now, when I get behind the wheel, I drive the whole way. You yeah. Know? Yeah. I just, I just, I'm not, I'm a terrible passenger. I don't like to be in the passenger side of a car. Yeah. So I'll drive the whole way and I'll get out. I'll stretch. I could drive another 17, 18 after a couple hours stretch. See, that's awesome. Like yeah. you, you're, I was talking about this with Al Morgani. He's the same way. He did 24 straight hours one time. Like yeah. that's tough, man. Yeah. I did that uh, going to California. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I, I envy you guys. Like I'm good. I'm really good. Like about eight hours, I start to sort of like, all right, I'm feeling it a little bit. I got to dial in. Like I really got to lock myself in after about eight hours. Um, mm. But she was, she was like, listen, I'm tired of sitting here. I want to drive. I want to do something. I'm like, all right, you got it. So she, she took it over after that. But, and we were in like, by that point, I think we were in Virginia uh, or maybe Maryland at that point, but it was, no, it was all in all, uh, things went off as smoothly as they could. I'm not, I'm not kidding you. And I, her roommate is a really nice girl. Like nice. the family's really nice. We, you know, all the, all the stuff you, you know, you, you hope need. For. yeah, you hope for yeah. it, put your mind at ease. You know what I mean? Um, 
So what's up, Anthony? What's up, William? Uh, Big, Sil- Big Sills has a good question because I tried it for the first time. Did you try to boil peanuts? You know what, Sills? I didn't. Um, oh, I you got to try to boil peanuts, man. I know. I know. I, I here's what. My, so my goal is, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to pull this off. They they have what they call Parents Weekend. Yep. I forget what the it's like in October, and it actually lines up with the Eagles playing on a Monday night. Okay. So I might be able to pull it off. Um and go uh we're, we're hoping to be able to go because i do want to see a game in the stadium and that would be awesome yeah and what they do is i was talking to a parent who who had a kid who he had two other kids who went there and he has a freshman now so he's got a he knows the lay of the land okay they do a parade down their main street yes yes on game day yes. and he's like it's incredible there's food trucks the whole he's like you have got get out at like eight o'clock in the morning for for if it's a noon kickoff or whatever and just soak it all in the pop and the circumstances. Yeah. So I'm hoping we're going to be able to do that. It's, you know, it's just tough, man, with the schedules. And That's awesome, dude. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm glad to be back with you guys. So, uh, like I said, we're, we're lucky. Derek, you believe we're, we're now under three weeks? We're 20 days away, thank you, from the Eagles' uh, season opener against the Patriots. And, and we're only – what are we 15 days away or what, what we would be on that Thursday, 17 days away from the Thursday game. Yep. That's it. Well, I mean, for yep. the lions and then the Chiefs. Thursday matchup, that's going to be, that's going to be fun. That's going to be fireworks. That game. I think, I think there's going to be some serious scoring in that game. So that we're, we're getting there people. We are getting there one more preseason game Thursday. So the, the, the schedule is the Eagles are off today, joint practice tomorrow. Um, and then Thursday's the last uh, preseason game against the Colts. It'll be Shane Steichen and the Colts in here. Um, but there was a lot that went down. There was a lot that went down in that preseason game. Some injuries. Yeah, man. Mariota panic. <laughs> six six injuries. Mariota Mariota has basically uh, uh, basically quarterbacked his way out of the hearts and minds of Philadelphia fans. Oof. Yeah, it, 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 there, there's and here's the thing, I, at least in my opinion, and we'll, we'll we're going to dig hard in the Eagles today. Next next uh, 1230 and one o'clock segments. But real quick, I don't think this is the typical everybody loves the backup quarterback syndrome that happens in the NFL. Like, you know, yeah. how that works where people are always calling for the backup because, yeah. first of all, they love the starter. So nobody wants Jalen Hurts not to be the starter. Right. That right. only occurs when the starter stinks or is mediocre. Yep. yep. So this isn't that typical. But the other thing is. When you have a dual threat quarterback like Jalen is, your odds increase of him getting hurt. I know anybody yes. can get hurt. I yep. know, but it increases with him. Therefore, it, this isn't media made up BS just trying to create controversy. Like, you really do need a, a backup quarterback who's competent. I'm not telling you great, but competent. Here's the problem. And I went through this last week with Farzetta and, and Tone. Yeah. When you look at the list of quarterbacks out there, there's none that fit the bill. The one that comes closest to it is Matt Ryan. And Matt Ryan has put it out there that he might consider coming back, but Matt Ryan's not coming back to hold a clipboard. He's right. going to go somewhere where he can step in and, and, and quarterback right away. He's not just coming back to stand on the sideline. So outside of that, and people, you know, some people out there, Nick Foles, Nick Foles is not walking through that door. He's right. not coming. Nick Foles is not the kind of quarterback to run this type of offense. Mm-hmm. He's not. Nick Foles yeah. is, is a legend in this town. We'll never have to buy a drink in this town again, but he's not that quarterback. And when you look at what is left, you want Chase Daniel? Do, do, you want him? No. There's nobody out there. And uh, the, the kid waiting in the wings, Tanner McKee, is nowhere near ready to assume that role. Right. So 
Mariota, Mariota is the only one that has the athleticism to run similar to what uh, Jalen Hurts is running. Mm-hmm. Now, a smart head coach would, 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 would basically streamline the offense to cater to Mariota's strength, but Mariota, as we've seen him, doesn't have the accuracy to run the offense. He has the physical attributes, get outside, take off and run, run the RPO. But the most important thing is, so far in two preseason games, he can't hit the broad side of an ocean. Yeah, like that's the problem. Nobody questions whether he can run around. Like, yeah, we, we know that. We know he has that element to his game, and that there lie therein lies the similarity with Jalen Hurts. The problem is the other part. Like, you got to be able to throw in this league. I mean, you you know teams what they're going to do, Derek. I mean, they're they're going to sit there and they're going to spy on him yeah. if he's in there yes. when, when Mariota's in the game. And all right, he's going to get two or three yards. Fine, run around all you want. Eventually, you're going to have to throw the ball down the field. And if he can't, I, look, I hate to say it. But I think the solution is this simple. They're going to have to hope that he starts to figure this thing out a little bit more and gets better. It's not impossible, but that's what they're going to have to hope. I mean, I am not ready to turn this thing over to Tanner McKee after two good preseason games. I'm and sorry. neither are the Eagles. The, yeah. and, you know, everybody I've talked to, they're not, he's not, he looks good in preseason games against twos and threes. Right. And I'm not that's taking anything away from the kid. Good for him. No. He's, he's no. supplanted himself as the number three. That's awesome. But the he's Eagles not ready for prime time. The Eagles will tell you he's not ready yet. And all these people, why can't we put our hands in a rookie quarterback? If he's not ready yet. He's done well. He's done better maybe than they expected, but he's not where they need him to be right now. And that's not a knock against him. There's a reason why he went to draft where he is. There's certain things they have to work on, certain attributes to get him up to speed. Now, the one thing that he's not going to do in this offense He's not going to run RPO the same way that Jalen does, and that's not a knock against him. He's not a runner. He's a different style of quarterback, and they will adjust on the fly if they have to. He's he's a good, accurate thrower, nice arm, right. but but he's not ready to assume. Can you imagine facing Buffalo's blitz, uh, uh, New, uh, New England's blitz? Yeah. If you had to coming up, he's not that's ready for it yet. You know, and, and, and the flip side will say, well, you know, he's out there playing with twos and threes. Okay, yeah, he is. But we all know, and I know there's been some exceptions like Brock Purdy, et cetera. But w- when the live bullets start, it's a much different story. And, and again, I, I I hope Tanner McKee is a guy that can be a staple as a backup for this team going forward. Yes. But, man, not now. Not now. And I just think the $5 million guaranteed, you know, the lack of resources of guys that are out there. I, I Look, I know that if you could coax Matt Ryan into a backup role, maybe, maybe, but there isn't a lot of good options out there. I'm telling you, like I, I've had people throw like Ryan Fitzpatrick at me. These guys have been out of the game for a little bit now. Fitzpatrick didn't play last year. Absolutely. All due respect to Nick Foles. I just think he's cooked. You know, I just think he's cooked at this point. He is. I mean, yeah, I know people love Nick Foles, but if Nick Foles, if Nick Foles was an option, trust me, Mm -hmm. they would be seriously, they would be seriously considering it. When I ask certain people, would you guys consider Nick Foles? I got an emphatic no, not at this time. No. Yeah. Okay, that's all I needed to know. I knew it already, but I just wanted confirmation. Yeah, I no. agree. I agree with you. Uh, I mean, there's nothing against Nick Foles. He's had his moment in the sun. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, this is this offense, this coach is it's not a Nick Foles offense. Plain and simple. Yep, I agree with you. And uh, when you look at the other options out there, Rob, you, I mean, I hate to say it. You better get used to Mariota because there's not many other options out there right now. Yeah, it's it's again, it's not that Mariota's looked good; he's looked bad. Um, but you're sort of stuck with him. You know, you're in a position now where you have a rookie who was a late round pick, 
behind him. It's him, five million guaranteed money talks, and I think the Eagles are concerned about it. I don't think they're they're looking at this blindly. I think what what you're also going to do if he gets in a game is you're going to really dumb it down and cater it to him, where it's it's high percentage dumps to like Goddard, to 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 DeAndre Swift out of the backfield. The problem is you're not going to utilize these killers that you have on the outside well enough with AJ Brown and Devontae Smith. See, Rob, when I when I look at Mariota, and this has been this has been floating in my mind for a while, is it more psychological than physical? And I go back to that show quarterbacks and look at how he lost that job last year. Yep. And you look at how he's become a journeyman after a couple of decent years early on. And people saying, oh, he's got the potential. And all of a sudden, it spiraled downwards since then. I wonder if this is more psychological than physical, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. Because I'm telling you, man, that pick he threw, he set the, the tight ends wide open in the middle of the field. He sailed it over the head. The DB dives pick. And I'm thinking, this is not the guy we watched in college. This is yeah. not the guy who showed NFL attributes the first couple of seasons in the league. All of a sudden, now he can't hit the broad side of a barn, man. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it's funny. I, a funny one from Terry here. He's going, he's, he wants the Wentz wagon back. Oh, geez. That ain't happened. That bridge was burned, Terry. Um, I will say this, Rob. He is available. I, yeah. lit, I lit up the chat last week in Farsi and Tone because I said the only quarterback out there that could physically run this offense right now is Wentz. Yeah. Wentz can get out and run. He can run on the throw. Although yeah. his career has gone in, in the toilet the last the several seasons, physically he can physically run this type of offense. People blew up. Oh, you we don't say that word. Don't even mention that word. Yada yada yada. Wentz is not coming back. I didn't say he was coming back here, but that's what I love. You put something out there, and people run in fifty five thousand different directions with it. And Farzetta goes, Dion, what are you doing? I said, I just want to see what would happen. I said, physically he could run this type of offense. He's not coming back here. Mm-hmm. Carson Wentz is not coming. The people didn't hear that part of what I said, though. Yeah. They just, what do you mean, Carson Wentz? That's a bad word. Don't say. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you. Look, I, he he could. The problem is, I just can't. You just see him holding the ball too long, getting killed, turnovers. I just feel like we fall right uh, back into that into that, uh, that vortex that we were we were in. You know, whatever. Steve Ghost double patting the ball, yeah, triple I, patting the ball. I can't do it. Uh, I can't. I physically can't do it. Uh, uh, so look, there's a lot of different ways that you can you can look at this. I, I think ultimately, you got to hope Jalen doesn't get hurt, and and hope's not a plan, but hope that that Mariota just gets his act together. I I think the coaches. I'm not laying this on the coaches when I say this, but I think the right. coaches are going to do things to really cater to him to try and get him going and get some confidence. Like I'm telling you, Derek, in this Colts game, I play him the whole first half. I agree. Yeah, he go Mariota goes the half. Third quarter belongs to McKee. If you want to throw book in there for the fourth, whatever, that's fine. But uh, but I give Mariota the whole first half here. I, I couldn't agree with you more. You know what? Sink or swim. Let them work it out. Keep giving them series. Okay, we're going to try this. Use it as an experiment. Yeah. Okay, that didn't work. Let's try this. All right? Now, that seems to work. Let's keep going to this. I would use the whole first half to figure out what's going on with him, to be honest with you. Why not Why not do it? I, 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 and I, I say that. I hope the Colts have their ones out there. But here's the problem. People are so down on Mariota. Do you want him in a situation, and this game's in Philadelphia, do you want him in a situation, He's gonna the boos are going to be raining down in a preseason game? Yep. 
See, that's 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 the problem. Problem. People are so out of love with Mariota. The boos are going to be raining down after his first incompletion, especially yeah. if it's an underthrow or an overthrow. It's 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 going to be raining down boos, and you don't want to put him in that environment. But you have to find out what works. What now? You've practiced with them. You've gone over game film with with them. You've had skull sessions with them. What do you like about this offense? What do you think you're more comfortable in? What What do you think? Every quarterback goes through that. You streamline the offense. Yeah. Right now, on the surface, it looks like nothing has worked for him. And even Sirianni came out after the game, the second game, and said, "Yeah, he struggled." Okay, so it's on the coaching staff now. Let's revamp what this offense looks like when he has to be under center, and especially if he has to get under center if Jalen Hurts gets hurt in a regular season. This is where we find out now. So yeah. you're right. It goes back to what you said earlier. I play him the first half knowing that the feedback could be more negative than positive. You've got to figure this out because right now he's your only option as a backup. I just, yeah. And I think everything you said it, it should be taken into consideration and make sense. But to me, having him play is more important than what the, 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 you know, the backlash can yes. do from the fan base. Yeah. I, yeah. And the other thing is like, I need to get him ready for that. Like this, this, you know, you gotta, you gotta be mentally tough enough to be able to handle that. So that's also part of this. Um, look, it's not ideal. And, and we know better than anybody, you know, how critical it is to have a quality backup. Um, you know, I mean, shoot, the Eagles won it with, with a backup. We, we've seen them go far with backups before Michael Vick stepped in and did a great job as yes. then a backup quarterback. Yes. So, you know, the Eagles know better than anybody else. And, and believe me, like I like you said, and I know you talk to people all the time. They're not doing backflips about the way Mariota's playing. And no. There's there's major concern no. about this, and no. it, it's an issue. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll let's we'll dig into that. And when we come back to, there's been a lot that's happened, man. Miles Jack retirement. Um, yep. We may be seeing some some other guys supplanting themselves in in starting positions here. Other guys who were initially thought to be starters might be in a little bit of trouble here. So let's get into all that and continue with the Eagles discussion because we have a lot to get to, man. I'll give you some numbers, too, on Mariota and McKee in the first two games with little, little comparisons. Do all that when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk right now. Let's talk a little Bravo Pizza. Yeah, I got you for Bravo Pizza. Uh, I was actually in there Saturday night talking to Alex and the crew. Alex is heading down to a, to the Eagles game in Washington. He's a huge Birds fan. Uh, Bravo Pizza in Havertown. Literally been going there since I was a kid. They've been family-owned since 1985. Seven days a week, fresh food every single day. They have 20 different styles of pizza daily. They have slices to go. They have the Upside Down, which I'm getting. The, it's called the Grandma. That's what I'm getting next time I go in. Uh, but they have, you name it, they'll make it specialized pizza your way. Not just pizza, fresh pasta, sandwiches, wraps. Their wings are killer. Salads. They're also committed to the community. They have fundraisers uh, for charities, for schools, for Little Leagues, where the proceeds go to those organizations. You can follow them at the Bravo Pizza of Havertown on Instagram or Facebook for daily specials and promotions. They're at 1305 Westchester Pike in the Manoa Shopping Center in Havertown, Pennsylvania. You can reach them right now, 610-446-3810. 610-446-3810. Bravo Pizza of Havertown. All right, so I think what's happening, Gunner, just an FYI, not not a biggie. I think Tone's having a little bit of technical problem. So we'll keep rolling, man. We'll keep rolling um, with the Eagles discussion here. So it, let's, let's dive into this for a minute. Were you surprised or from what you're hearing – 
you kind of think maybe this was a possibility that Miles Garrett steps away because he hadn't really shown a ton. In, in his fairness, it was only a couple of weeks, and you're you're on uh, mute. But but in fairness, it was only a couple of weeks for him. But were you surprised? Um, yes, but then it was eye opening. The last game, he didn't get into the game until late in the third quarter, and we're all wondering what the heck's going on here because his first day of training camp, he was getting reps with the ones. Right. So they were, they were obviously preparing him for something, and then all of a sudden, this last game, we're like. Wait a minute, he's coming in the game late in the third quarter. Well, come to find out, you know, he's ever since the, the knock on him coming out of college for his talent it was, he has this degenerative knee issue. Yes. And he got through seven NFL seasons. And so I was told recently that he could barely walk or run. So he, I'm sure he came to the realization that this is the end of the road for me. Now, you know, it wasn't that long ago when he came out and told, when he got here, he told people, He's sitting at home, you know, playing Call of Duty, wondering, if, you know, if he should go to trade school for plumbing or electrician. And all of a sudden he gets a call and he's with the, with the defending NFC champions. So he thought he would give it one last shot. So he got out there and come to find out the knee is not as stable as he had hoped it would be. Yeah. And it got, just got to the point where he knew it was time. Now, he made decent money in his career. Sure. Uh, his, rookie, his rookie contract, he slipped it. He was a second-round pick, so his rookie contract, he made a little over $6 million with about three and a half of that guaranteed. And then he signs a big contract, a four-year, 50-something million dollar contract, $33 million guaranteed. So that was his one big contract. So even, mm-hmm. even with that, now that's not big, big money like some of these guys make at, at that position, but it's enough to get you through life and help you transition to life. Even if you got half of that, you still got like $15 million, $20 million, okay? So it got to the point where the knee – just wasn't holding up for him. Yeah. I mean, the dude was barely walking off practice fields and, and out of a game situation. So at 28 years of old, he decided it's time to call it a career. And that's understandable. When you can't do it, you can't do it. Some guys it, some guys can push themselves through a 10, 12, 15-year career. He got seven. And the knee was not getting any better. The older he gets, the knee, the knee's not getting any better, which explains why he only spent one year in Pittsburgh, you know, and couldn't get through more than two weeks of a training camp here. Um, for all his physical attributes, that one thing that you need, your legs, failed him. It's unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, look, I think he's probably looking at it like this. I probably get seven years when I, I didn't have any business getting any time out of this league. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, and I, I took it as far as I could take it. No regrets. My body's just not willing. You Maybe the mind and the spirit are willing, but my body's not. So... I can live with that. I'm, I'm guessing that's probably the way he looked at it. You know, and to his credit, he didn't try and fake his way onto a roster so he could get no, a paycheck. No. And, you know, he just said, look, it's my time and and I'm going to move on, man. So I, I give the guy props for that. So so now the Eagles are in an interesting situation. They've lost some key special teams players for the year. They lost a proven uh, NFL linebacker they thought was going to add some great depth. Right. So they've got to scramble a little bit and come up with some pieces. But again, you look at the linebacking situation out there, and, and Rob, the linebacking situation is not, you know, Anthony Barr is probably the best of the lot that's out there. He's 31 years old, but yet he's still out there. Why? He went down to New Orleans, didn't sign in New Orleans. Why? Right. And from what I'm told, you know, from people in Minnesota, you know, Anthony Barr's better days are behind him. There's a year he only spent, for as tenacious as that Dallas rush was, Anthony Barr just didn't fit that bill. His better days are behind him. So, you know, it's funny. 
Uh, I was looking at some uh, some different names on the free agent list, and you've got guys like in, still in their prime, Rashad yeah. Evans, who played with Atlanta last year, 28 years old. Uh, J. Ron Brown, who was with the uh, who was he with the the Raven the Ravens, uh, the Raiders. He was with the Raiders last year, 28 years old. John Bostic was with Washington. He's 32. Nate Gary, you want Nate Gary back here? No. He was with Washington. He's no. 28. No. Anthony Barr, 31, 6'4", 248. Fits the bill of these big linebackers, but he's still out there. Yeah. So now the Eagles are they're gonna have to find another linebacker. Where are you right. gonna get them from? Now well, here's what's gonna happen. Yeah. They're probably gonna wait and see who gets cut. There's True. gonna be a lot of good players get cut from other teams just mm-hmm. because of a numbers game. So maybe they're waiting on that to see what happens. But that that or a team that's got depth at linebacker that tries to hide somebody on the practice squad, maybe. Maybe that's mm. an option too. Yeah, but see, it, it's like it, 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 it's it's like there's other positions, the quarterback position. There's it's slim pickings right now. I know. And the yeah. fact that the league is even talking about adding maybe four more teams down the road Come in Europe. On. Stop. Yeah. You don't stop. have enough quarterbacks. How are you gonna get enough players that are qualified to play in the NFL? Can't I think about quarterbacks? That's four additional 63-man rosters. Yeah, no, that would be a, an epic mistake. It really would. It would be a mess. Oh my goodness. Mistake. Um, no, but you're right. I mean what's interesting, what started to happen here with what they have in place, the Kobe Dean's going to be the starting middle linebacker, but what's happening at the will spot. It looks like it's Zach Cunningham. Zach Cunningham has emerged Derek, and it looks like Morrow's on the back burner. And as you've pointed out many times on the show, he doesn't have guaranteed money. He could be bye-bye. Christian Ellis is really making some noise too here. I mean, Christian Ellis had a great game, uh, great tackles, blew up a screenplay. He is a big dude, 6'4", yeah. 235, you know, and, and Cunningham's a big boy also, yep. you know. So one of those twos are gonna, two are going to win. And you know, I've said since June, I didn't think that position was going to be Marles. And sure enough, you got these other two guys emerging all of a sudden. You're to the point now, I don't know if they would cut Marl, but mm-hmm. since he doesn't have guaranteed money, that's a feasible option. And maybe bring in a younger linebacker who gets cut from somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I do believe it's neck and neck right now between Cunningham uh, and Ellis right now. Yeah, I mean, so that that's an interesting development, you know. And and with the Kobe, frankly, we haven't seen a ton. I know he made the play on Thursday with the with the strip, but he was struggling a little bit before that. Um, but there, look, he's going to be your starting middle linebacker. I mean, that, that's just the way it is. Um, the other thing, you know, and I know this isn't the first thing that jumps to mind because, you know, we're looking at linebacker and the quarterback spot and all that other stuff, but yeah. they've lost two core special teams dudes already. Sean Bradley, Achilles, Zach McPherson, Achilles, to a unit that really can't afford to to be losing bodies. Th- this is something to keep your eye on as we go forward here. The scary thing is for a special team's that was already poor. You lost two key members of your special teams. What are you going to do to fix that problem? You know, yeah. on the special teams, it's already iffy. Um, that that's a big blow. You know, you know, on the surface, people say, "Oh, they're just backups." Yeah, but you know what? They were two of the better special teams player. It, 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 considering the special teams was nothing to write home about as it is, when you lose two two guys that are considered. Uh, across the board, whether it's coverage team, return team, you know, punt team, um, uh, you know, kickoff block team, or whatever the case may be, yeah. that hurts. That hurts big time. You yep. know, yeah, that's a big, they're big ones. And Mr. Taz brought up your. <laughs> 
All right, let's deal with it. I try to put it off, Derek. I put it off for 44 minutes. I can't, I can't, can no longer hide from it. So the other news, thank you, Mr. Taz. Uh, the other news from the weekend was Tyler Zentner, uh, the, the quote unquote punting competition. And I, I, I don't usually use the air quotes, but I'm using it this time because clearly he wasn't any kind of competition. There isn't anybody else we could have brought in here. All right. So he got cut. So now there's no one competing with Sipos right now. I, I'm telling you, this is a I, mistake. This is a mistake. What did I tell you? What did I tell you back in June? You told me from the jump this wasn't a competition. Now I will add I will add this caveat. Even though it looks like Sipos is their punter right now, <sighs> the punter. I, I just listen to what I'm telling you now. Okay. And I'm not going to tell you any more because I want to see how it plays out. The punter for the 2023 season might not be on their roster right now. Okay. From your lips to the football God's ears. Okay. okay. Can I, 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 all right, let's hope. I, I, I hope so. I, I really, truly, sincerely, all jokes aside, this dude's not good enough and you're going to be in closer games where it's going to be more important. Okay. That's all I'm saying. So that, that one was just a, a gut punch. All right. Uh, Greedy Williams got released there. He was a guy who you, you thought at least could make this team as a depth, you know, defensive back and special teamer, but he's gone. They didn't, they apparently didn't like anything they saw from him. What happened to the dude that came out of um, LSU, man? Because I, I, he started, because he started um, 21 games for the Browns and then they fell out of love with him. The Eagles barely had him in three weeks of training camp. Uh, training camp. Yeah. Um, He's falling off, man. He's His falling play off. Is falling off I thought play. I thought he would be a great backup for that slot position, and obviously not, based on what's happened now. Um, I don't know what happened to this guy, dude. He can cover. He's got speed, but for some reason, you know, Sean uh, Desai and Matt Patricia just just didn't like what they saw from him. And you can tell he, he's had a quiet camp. Rob, think about it. You don't hear his name in camp. You didn't hear him making any plays in preseason games. Uh, for whatever the reason, he's out now. So yeah. think about this. Think about the key components you're losing here now. You've lost two special teamers. Uh, you've had a, a prominent linebacker retire. You cut uh, a highly coveted cornerback. You know, where are they going from here, Rob? I, it's a good question. You know, in terms of depth, I, well, I know they really like, like Job's had a really good camp. And they're really impressed with Job. I, I could tell you that. Um, and they like where he's at. And they feel like the leap from last year to this year for him has been enormous. So just keep that in mind um, when we're talking about these spots. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately, well, let, let's jump over to the other thing here. Let's go safety for a minute. Um, you know, Terrell Edmonds, we kind of assumed that was going to be the guy next to Blankenship, the sort of veteran to balance this thing out, but not the case, you know, necessarily here. He, he is, he hasn't been great. Um, and I'll tell you the guy that they, they like a lot, Derek, that to keep your eye on here, who we didn't, I don't know how much time we've given him thus far, but I know they like Justin Evans a lot too. And he's making some noise. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a interesting one. Um, he was a 2017 second round pick. Yeah, yeah. Like Tampa. I don't know. You putting him back there with Blankenship? Uh, 
that's a that's a learning curve and a, curve and a half. Not to say that he can't achieve it. Uh, he has had an outstanding camp. He's looked pretty good in preseason games, but I never thought it would be Justin Evans. Uh, although uh, the whole secondary had an off game no. last week, the whole secondary was off. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I, I I don't know about that combination because yeah, look at the state of your, your linebacking situation and your safeties if you go that route. That's a problem in the middle of the field for teams that like to pass. Yeah. And there's a whole slew of teams on this roster that like to pass. You know, so if that's the case, I don't know. That, that's a tricky one, Rob. I know. It is tricky. I mean, look, the good news is, and probably burying the lead here, but the positive is Blanket Chips had a very good camp. Uh, he's played well. Yes, actually, he did. You know, the practices, the the uh, the uh, joint practices as well. He's he's looked good. So that's that's a positive. And I, and I think we – you know, initially we weren't even sure if he was going to be one of the starters, but it feels like to me, as you especially see it, Derek, because he doesn't dress for these preseason games, right? I mean, he's he's that guy, I think. But yeah, look, we went into this with question marks at safety and linebacker, and we still have question marks at safety and linebacker. Well, I hate to say this, as we but, sit here. but it's not a given that Terrell Edmonds is going to be one of your starting safeties. I agree it's with not you. Not a given. Yeah. There's yeah. still a lot of discussion about what they want to do with that that slot opposite Reed Blankenship. Yeah. Um, now, if that's the case, if that's what they're going to do, it's going to be interesting to see how they address this issue. Um, just like Greedy Williams, Terrell Edmonds has had a quiet camp, hasn't done much in preseason games. He hasn't given this organization um, a sense of assurance that he's the guy to assume that role. And what did I tell you when they signed him, Rob? Is people were really excited about him. I said, if Mike Tomlin lets you go and you're in the prime of your career, I want to know why. You don't just yes, let a guy especially a guy who knows the system as well as he knows yes. it too. Yeah. You don't just let a guy six years experience go. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's a reason um there's a reason that that Pittsburgh let him go. And maybe we're starting to see it. But if that is the case, and we're, you're talking about Justin Evans, again, I put it in the category of this team may wait until cutdowns to see what's out there to bring somebody in. Now, I'm not saying whoever they decided to bring in a couple of weeks before that first game would start right away, but it's going to be somebody who's going to push for a starting job if Edmonds doesn't get up to speed. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I agree. Look, it, it is definitely um... – up in the air. That's for sure. All right. L- let me throw this at you. I know he's downplayed it and he's such a likable guy. He's sort of like, you, you know, is a, is a disarming kind of guy. He's funny, lovable, you know, likable guy. Uh, appreciate the welcome back, Elaine. Thank you. Um, but you worried at all about the Nolan Smith shoulder. I'm, I'm a little worried about that. They shut him down during the game. He didn't practice, you know, yesterday, et cetera. It's the same shoulder he had the the, sh- the surgery on, and then he he and maybe this is just him being sort of goofy, which he is, and I mean that in a good way. But he says, "Yeah, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't." Like, huh? Twenty two year old that sometimes it doesn't work the shoulder. I would tell you this: when it comes to joints, like shoulder joints, finger joints, and I've had a finger dislocated. The same little pinky dislocated three times in my lifetime. The first time it happened was in a pickup basketball game. Mm-hmm. And to this day, I still can't straighten it out. But I was playing, but when it popped out, you pull it, pop it back in, you keep going. You take yep. either tape it up to this finger yep. or you just, just flex a little bit and keep going. With yep. the shoulder, 
a little different. If you've had this dislocated, if you had surgery on, if it pops in and out of place, you can you can try a shoulder harness. You can you can try that, see if that works. But um, maybe he said it tongue in cheek. I don't know. Yeah, but it's something to keep an eye on because he's a smaller guy now. He's got lightning speed. He can shed a block and get lateral oh. in a hurry. I don't know how stout he's going to be against the run, but he can get off a block and, and get lateral and, and force a running play, outside running play, and push it outside even further. But when you've got to engage guys six five six six or a guard pulling at you coming full bore, at some point somebody's going to get you and, and plant you on that shoulder. And I don't and I don't know if he was joking or not, but you don't just put that out there, especially one you've had surgery on. Yeah, it was weird. And again, I I think he he's a jokey kind of guy, and he he's he's a fun loving guy. I I don't know exactly. I don't want to read too much into it, but when I heard it, I'm like, hmm, I don't really love that. But I will tell you, when he's been out there. You know he's on the field. Oh, that no dude question. makes his presence felt, whether no it's getting after the quarterback or whatever. I man, what's not to like about Nolan Smith? That guy not only not only does he have that quick burst, man, but he's already got mastered that up and under move. You yeah. watch him get low and get under those big tackles, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's a heat seeking missile, and obviously he's learning well from uh, Hassan Reddy. Um, yeah, check, check it out, Fitness, Re- Fitness Rebel, the shoulder tendon. It's been months, finally better. Couldn't lift it to start. I hope the shoulder isn't serious. Yeah, I, I'm with you, Fitness Rebel. And he's he's going to be dealing with behemoths, trying to move 300-pound cats, you know, around oh, with that shoulder. So it's, uh, yeah, a little concerning for sure. But you're right, Derek. He, he, what you see from him is burst. Uh, he's got an array of moves. You know, he's got, like, veteran sort of moves out there yes. on the end. Yes. Um, and he's strong. I know he's not the biggest dude, but he is strong for his size. Yes, and, and he's a heat-seeking missile, and that's what they need against some of these quarterbacks they're going to face, you know, yeah. especially when Hassan needs a break every now and then, or who knows? Both of them could be on the field at the same time, depending on what the situ- situation may be. You know, um, I love everything about his game so far, everything we've seen. We've heard nothing but glowing accolades about him in training camps, uh, and we've seen it in two preseason games now. How much will he play this last game remains to be seen, if any. Uh, do we really need to see more of him in another preseason game when you're going to be playing a, a, a bunch of guys? Now, I'm assuming, I'm assuming the Colts are going to put Anthony Richardson out there. Mm-hmm. So you want to see some of your better guys, and I'm not saying like the Fletcher Coxes and those guys, right? But you're going to see the Jordan Davises and Nolan Smith and Jalen Carter try to get after this guy as well. Yep. But I'd get them in and get them out of there in a hurry. When you look at the volume of injuries that have happened in these. Uh, control practice sessions with teams and these preseason games, especially these net and net, uh, uh, head and neck injuries, I'm getting them out of their ASAP. I'm not playing around with them. Yeah. Well, we're going to dive into some of that because the, the, the hard trend the, this was trending towards the, the joint practices for a while. Now some coaches are pushing back because they're too physical. I mean, yeah. the Eagles had, had some, the Eagles Browns went at it. Yeah, they did. You yeah, know, they last did. week, dude, if you tough. look across the board, I can't tell you how many videos popped up on social media of all these dual practice sessions where dudes are wailing on each other. And I mean, both teams coming down to the center of the field, yeah. wailing on each other. And how many players have been kicked out of practices because of it? Exactly. So, you know, we'll see if we don't trend back to preseason games man. at this point. But who, yeah. who knows, yeah. man? It, it, it just feels like it's it, some things get hot for a minute and then it's like we're, we get right back to where we are. I don't know. Um, I, I, I will tell you what one thing that has surprised me generally, just to jump off the Eagles and just talk NFL for a second. 
the amount of starters and the amount of time they've played in these preseason games has surprised me. It's the opposite of, of the Eagles approach. But well, Andy Reid, I'm not surprised Andy Reid has done this forever. He plays yeah. the starters, and there's a there's a possibility they'll play a little bit in this last game. Yep. And these are defending Super Bowl champions you're talking about. Yeah. Um, I can see Green Bay playing, you know, Jordan Love, getting him ready. He's looked good in two preseason games. Yep. Aaron Rodgers is going to play in the final preseason. You need to get that timing down. Yeah. Uh, I thought they would play Aaron Rodgers the second game just against mm-hmm. him. They're waiting until the final preseason game. So if the Jets are going to play their regulars, you know the Giants are robbed. That Jets – now, you never hear me say this, but that Jets-Giants preseason game, at least for a quarter, could be must-see TV. Because I, I, I agree with you, yeah. yeah. You, you're talking about the Jets have always been the little brother to the Giants, even as bad or as mediocre as the Giants have been. The mm-hmm. Giants always get more pub than the Jets. Now, from the spring to the summer, through training camp, the Jets are getting way more pub than the Giants. So there's a statement here that needs to be made <laughs> yeah. about who's who. There's a statement. I guarantee you stuff could jump out real quick in this game. Oh, yeah. That one. That one's going to be one that you want to watch. You want to at least keep an eye on uh, if you're a football fan. Dare I say to Derek, while we're while we're on the subject of the Giants and the Jets, the Jets in particular, the MILF hunters look pretty decent. Yes, he has. He made a play, and I know it was a play with his legs, and I whatever. But like, there's that. There's something there with this guy. If he get his head screwed on straight, there might be something at some point. You know, for let maybe, him sit behind Rodgers for about two, three years, and then see. Well, if you if you watch um, if you watch Hard Knocks, you see Aaron Rodgers on those videos giving him a lot of tutelage in the classroom on the sideline, um, and maybe maybe that's what that's maybe that's what Zach Wilson needs a veteran quarterback who can help mentor him and show him things that he hasn't been able to see from quarterbacks he's been surrounded by before Aaron Rodgers' arrival. And like you're right. You're starting to see it. You've seen it, again, it's preseason games, but you're seeing a different Zach Wilson in these games with a better command, more accuracy, uh, being smart, knowing when to take off and run, so on and so forth. So who knows? Maybe yeah. he will emerge in two to three years down the road to be the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers and shut up all the people, uh, especially the media, who have made so many jokes about him as being a first-round draft pick in the National Football League. Yeah, like it was a roundabout way, but it may be the best thing for him just to sit here and sort of just like regroup for a little while. And because Rodgers has taken to the role of, of you know, wanting to mentor, I mean, I, I honestly think it's the best thing that could have happened to Zach Wilson, what's happening to him. I right do now. too. Yeah, uh, I couldn't um, agree, agree, agree with you more. All right, we'll get a timeout. Uh, we we just what we gave you an hour out of the shoot on a Monday. Boom, that's what we get. That's how we um, roll. Welcome back, Robbie E. That's exactly right. You know what? We keep going with the Eagles because there's a lot of stuff we haven't even gotten to with the bird. There could be, there could be. We'll talk about it when we get back. Maybe a key injury for the Patriots for Week One. That could, yeah, oh. could be something. So for it could help the Eagles. I don't like to see anybody get hurt, but it could help the Eagles. So we'll get into that. Bunch of other stuff that we will delve into bird wise. 130, we'll do some Phillies, two o'clock or NFL segment. Uh, we got some birthdays and we got some good movies today, as we always do. So a lot, a lot to dive into. Happy to be back with you guys hanging out. He's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group. Yes, because knowing, knowing who to trust with your finances, it, it's not easy. Okay. Um, and there can be a lot of things that are confusing. 
but you want to make sure you get this one right because it is critical, right? And it took me a while to find the right person. I have, and I want you to as well. Um, Jim Murray and Principal Financial Group can help you with any number of things, whether it's retirement planning, 401k review, insurance review. You might have a small business and you need in, you need help with your employee benefits and getting them off the ground. That's another resource that Jim can help you with. I know I personally entrusted my IRA, my 401k rollovers with Jim, and I couldn't be any happier. You will be too. Give him a call. 610-996-4751. 610-996-4751. You could also email him, Murray, M-U-R-R-A-Y, dot Jim at principal.com. That's Murray dot Jim at principal.com. you own a company and you're not producing a podcast you're missing out the public consumes messaging when they're ready join the professional podcast network of companies and let jacob media partners put you in the podcast arena come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast call jacob media right now at 267-261-3428 267-261-3428 heading down the shore Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season and let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com.
Go passionately. Go fearlessly. Go confidently. <clears throat> Go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles What's up everybody? Welcome back. Gunner getting your grub on during the break. I like it. Good work out of you. My daughter, my, my oldest daughter went to Chick-fil-A. The little one, all the little ones are down there. And so I'm not a big Chick-fil-A fan. People are like, oh, that's blasphemous. And I'm like, I'm not, but she goes, Dad, you want anything? I said, give me a spicy chicken with the cheese on it. Don't put any dang pickles on my sandwich, though. <laughs> and she brought this sandwich, and let me tell you something, man. I must be really hungry because this sandwich with these fries are good. There you go. There you go. Good, good. man. And, yeah. a, and, a nice, and a nice little lemonade to wash it down. We got you some fuel for the next two hours of the program. I like that. I'm rolling, man. Okay. I'm rolling, bro. Okay. But, I like to see but it. But again, Chick-fil-A, I don't get it. I don't get this. I, I I don't get this. My kids love it. Obsession with Chick Fil A, dude. I don't get it. They're, it's not. I don't love it either. It, my kids love it. I, I, there's many other places I choose. Let me tell you something. Pope, Popeye's chicken sandwich. Oh my goodness. Yep. Oh my. Goodness. I do like Chick Fil A's waffle fries. I do enjoy those. They're they're pretty strong. But eh, it's all right. You see, people say you know some people are like yeah Chick Fil A is overrated. Now nah, it's a good sandwich. Uh, Chick-fil-A is the ma- that's a good one. Kwan, Kwan, Mariota fast food. That's cold blood. That's straight up. No, I, that's that's straight up cold blood. Yeah, yeah. No. Oh my uh, god. I just I don't get it, man. I, and then you put pickle on a dang sandwich. Who does this? Well, McDonald's. They, a lot of the fast food joints do put the the pickle on the sandwich. They do. Yeah, but on a burger, on not a burger. Chicken. I agree. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want a pickle on a chicken sandwich. I don't. I don't. I don't want that. I'm with. And you. then I, I, you know, they like people like to put the sauces on. I put no sauce on my chicken sandwich. Yes. 
Yeah, uh, no, no. I agree no, with Finnish Rebel. Yeah. It's the fries and the in the sweet tea is the is the best way to go. I agree with that. Mm. Um, all right. So I, I real quick, just let me give you these numbers here, just to circle back to, to Mariota and 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 Tanner McKee. So Mariota first game seven of eleven, fifty-eight yards, only averaging five point three yards per completion. Uh no touchdowns, no interceptions. Game two was ugly. UGLY here. Uh nine for 17, 86 yards. 42.8 passer rating, no touchdowns, a pick, sacked three times. Um, then you go to McKee. So he goes 10 for 20 in the first game, 148 yards, 7.4 yards per completion, 74 passer rating, sacked once. Next game, 10 of 18, 147, a touchdown, no picks, 8.2 yards per completion, a 100.9 passer rating. He was also sacked three times. So, look, that's what you've gotten out of those two guys. But again, for as bad as it's looked for Mariota, he's been a starter in the league as recent as last year. Um, Tanner McKee was a sixth rounder out of Stanford. They, they weren't; he wasn't even sure he was going to get drafted. And he's he's coming in, and you know I, what's impressed me is he he really looks like he belongs. He looks calm in the in the pocket. He he, he can he can, he's got an arm. Um, but I just it's too soon for me personally. It's it's McKee. just too soon. Very accurate, mm-hmm. poise in the pocket, uh, has shown to be a good decision maker with the ball. Um, but he's he's evolving. He, he's still in the infancy stages of transitioning from the college ranks to the pros. Um, and whatever the scouts saw or didn't like in him is why he slipped to the sixth round. And in his mind, I'm sure based on what his agent was telling him, there was a possibility um, – that he might not get drafted. And Dank, Dank Kelly is, is correct. You know, did people say that about Purdy? You know, we don't know because, you know, we hone in on the Eagles, you know. Um, but all of a sudden, Purdy was able to do it off the bench out of nowhere, and he was number three. You know, you're right. You know, and maybe this offense is suitable for Tanner, for Tanner to, to, to um, thrive in quick sooner rather than later. Hopefully yeah. we don't get to that point because that means Jalen is out. But he does have some attributes, and that's why, you know, and rightfully so, after the second game, Nick Sirianni told the media, hey, hey, pump the brakes right. on his Tanner McKee stuff. He's got a ways to go. And yeah, he and said, yeah. he said, Mariota is our backup. He didn't say for the season. Right. He just said is our backup. That could be another week, could be a month. I don't know. Yeah. I, listen, and, and Chris makes a good point. She says, how many examples have we seen where teams were forced to go with their rookie, you know, backup quarterback, and it worked out? We have seen it for sure. And the, and, the, and the glaring example is Purdy last year when he stepped in and he did a great job. But like, I don't know if it's an apples to apples comparison here. Not everybody's Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy was, was like vastly underdrafted now. We realize that. Maybe no, yeah. the same thing about McKee at some point. Maybe. I mean, it, it's possible. Um, and, and but, you can, Rob, you can do, I don't mean to cut you off, but you yeah. can do this as a comparison. Look at how many second-tier quarterbacks the Eagles faced last year. Look at how they struggled. Now, granted, the Eagles had a fierce pass rush. But look at how they struggled, not just against the Eagles, but in other games they played that were not the Eagles. Yeah. You know, every situation is different. You know, maybe the Eagles have found a diamond in a rough. You know, hopefully it's going to be a long while before we ever have to find that out. Right. Yeah, I mean, the examples, they're going to be facing Kirk Cousins, who we know will put up points during the regular season. They're going to be facing Aaron Rodgers, Tua, if healthy. Uh, Dak Prescott, who always has his way with the Eagles, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, the aforementioned Brock Purdy. 
uh, Geno Smith, who had a renaissance year last year. Daniel Jones, yep. who had a much better year than that. I mean, that, this is just a few of the names that they're going to have to be dealing with this year. It's a lot different than what it was last year. You know, again, yep. let's hope let's hope all we're going to look back and say, yeah, who cares? Jalen played the whole year. I hope that's the way it is. But I I don't know. I, I just don't think I don't see some big wow move coming. I think it's just this is what it is. It's going to be these two guys backing up Jalen. That's what I that's what that's what I believe right now. I mean, you know, there's a reason why they brought in Mariota. I mean, when Nick Sirianni decided on Mariota, they looked at all the physical attributes um, in terms of running this Eagles RPO, and he fit that bill. Now, the passing obviously has a lot to be desired, but all the other attributes is exactly what they were looking for. You know, Gardner Minshew ran a variation of it. You know, the offense looked a little different when he was in there. Right. But look at the numbers he put up in that Dallas game. Now, the defense gave up 41 points, but look at what Minshew was able to do in this offense, but it was streamlined to cater to his his attributes. And they're going to do the same thing with Mariota. If they stay committed to him, they're going to have to. Mm-hmm. It's the only way this thing is going to work with him. Yeah. All right, let's go to a couple positives. Um, Jalen Carter, Derek, from all – you know, from what we're hearing about practice and what we're hearing from from the veterans – is getting rave reviews. Lane Johnson talking about him. Uh, Kelsey talking about him. Mylotta all singing. And it's not your typical, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's no, it's like, watch, this dude's going to make noise. Like they're all, they're all big on what he's bringing every single day. That's, that's huge to me. When those guys are saying that, that's a big deal. Based on what we've heard in training camp and a limited amount of times we've seen him in a preseason game, this dude's a beast, you know. Yeah. Uh, he's a flat-out beast, splitting gaps, pushing the pocket back, putting pressure on quarterbacks, um, you know, getting off snaps, you know, with that, that quick acceleration off snaps. Uh, he's showing that he 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 could be a viable candidate for Defensive Rookie of the Year, which is saying a lot, you know. But I, th- I think the Eagles may have something in him. This guy, if he's everything that we've seen so far, he could be a sc- cornerstone of this defense for years to come. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think he's going to be a stud. I do. I don't have any doubt about that. Are, do you feel any uh, better, worse, or the same about Jordan Davis at this point? Um, I would say right now the same. Okay. I uh, haven't seen enough of him. Uh, it's quite obvious he's not going to be a three-down D tackle, and there's no need to be when you have that four-man rotation they have in there, including Milton Williams. <clears throat> How much has Jordan Davis's game improved that remains to be seen because we haven't seen flashes of it yet. Um, I'm hoping that the fact that he's had a year under his belt now and he lost a lot of valuable playing time due to injury uh, was a great wake-up call to him. I'm a little surprised he didn't get the weight down. We all thought that he would be better suited around 330, but he came out and told us he's still about 340. Now, there's some players that, that have thrived at 340, you know, Big, I mean, big guys who, who've made a career, carved a niche for themselves in the NFL as a big guy who can eat up space to allow people around them to do uh, the the other work, to get all the glory. Well, he he gets the grunt work. The other guys get the glory. Um, but I, I can't wait to see what percentage of snaps he's in there um, compared to what he was last year. Uh, this is a big year for him. You know, luckily for him, you know, last year they had Javon Hargrave. Now they've got, you know, Jalen Carter in front of him to go along with Fletcher Cox and Milton Williams. Uh, so he's not going to have to play 
70, 80 percent of the snaps. But mm -hmm. I do believe his snap count needs to increase significantly from the 20 plus percent he played last season. Yeah, I, I just I'm OK if he if he really is at least in his words, that and that much better cardio and, and is just can handle it and snaps, et cetera. If yeah. he's the same weight, I'm fine with that. Honestly, if he feels comfortable at that weight, but he knows just he can, he's in better condition. That's yeah. okay. You know what? Now it's just time to start. Show. Let's see some plays being made. Like that's what I need to see from him. I don't, I don't know. Do you have a sense of whether he's going to play or not on Thursday? Uh, still not sure exactly how they're going to play him, but I would, I would assume he's going to get at least a series or two. Right. Uh, he still needs the reps, um, and rightfully so. Milton Williams will be in there. <clears throat> you know, you you it's 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 one thing to have depth that you need for the regular season, but that depth comes into play in the preseason. You got to get these guys some reps in there to work up a little sweat. Right. Now, you granted, you have other guys that are trying to make the bubble, or if anything, uh, put some good tape out there of themselves uh, that are not going to be here, but for other teams. But those guys do need just to work up a, a sweat. Guys who are not named Fletcher Cox, yeah. uh, they need to work up a little bit of a sweat. All right, let me throw this out there because I think we tend to sometimes, I don't know, take them for granted, I guess, would be maybe. But everything we hear, and again, we don't have the kind of access that you used to have at practices, but it looks like, you know, Jalen Hurts has picked up right where he left off. And I didn't get a chance to get through the whole thing yet, Derek. I'm looking forward to finishing it off when we get done the show. Um, but there's a Sports Illustrated piece on him. Yeah, he's uncovered a football issue. Yeah, yeah, by Greg Bishop. That is fascinating. Uh, it, it's a great. I, again, I'm only halfway through, but it's compelling, and it really brings you in uh, on him, and, and really gives you the insight to how disciplined this guy is, habitual he is. Like he is just locked, locked in. Um, and I think it's really, really interesting. But one of the things that comes out of this thing, he initially told the training staff that he broke his collarbone after the Bears Ooh. game. What? Yes. But wait, broke it or just cracked it? Broke it. Broke it. You, you don't come back from a broken collarbone. No, I, I think that's what he thought initially. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, okay. Okay. Um, I was so going to say that, you don't come back. You don't come back from an injury like that in two weeks. No, no, certainly not. But I think it was. I think it was more severe than people anticipated. You know, the pe people thought, "Oh, yeah, it's a little bit sore." I think it was pretty like a grade. What is it? I don't know. Four, whatever, whatever the word. Well, it would it would explain it would explain why they were overly cautious with that thing. Yeah. You know, and and it was at a point in their schedule they truly felt that they could function without him. Well, it didn't happen against the Saints, but uh, they felt that it could truly, truly, the team could truly function without him. But if there was any, any doubt whatsoever, the best thing they did was hold that man out of there. You know, I agree. Uh, because one good shot, it could have been a lot more severe than, than what it was. You know, but the, uh, again, kudos to the training staff and all the doctors who looked at this thing, evaluated it and said, you know what? Um, we got to keep him out. I guarantee you it was identified after the Bears game. It was going to be at least two weeks. Mm -hmm. Whereas Nick Sirianni, you know, they were talking around, well, we'll see where he is. You know, he's still a little sore. You know, you know, they didn't tell you exactly what you wanted to hear. Yeah. They would just say, hey, you know, still a little sore. Uh, we'll see where he is. And didn't tell you until the last possible minute whether or not he was going to get in there. Yeah. 
So they did the right thing because look at the run he had in the playoffs. No question. I mean, absolutely no question. All right. So the the other the other uh, I I can't call this a revelation, but maybe this is more of a confirmation than a revelation. But you know, Jeffrey Lurie has said before, like you know, I I was I really pushed for them to draft Jalen. If you remember, he he has he's been on record saying that. That yeah. also comes up in the story, uh, saying essentially we were obsessed with Jalen going into that twenty twenty draft. So. Yeah, I, I think they felt fortunate that he fell to where he fell to that they got him um, in the second round. It was because it was a tricky thing. You still had Wentz here. It's not like you could have drafted him in the first round. It was yeah. even taking him in the second was controversial, if you remember. So, uh, yeah, that, that, I thought it was interesting as well um, where they ended up taking him. To be honest, I never thought that um, he would ascend to the forefront the way he did because that was that just that was shortly after the point that Wentz got that big money. We just thought Wentz was entrenched here to be the franchise quarterback. You know, and we're still thinking, why did the Eagles waste a draft pick, a high draft pick on a quarterback? But again, it goes back to what I was saying. The Eagles saw something uh, in, in, in Carson Wentz's demeanor, uh, makeup, that that gave them a red flag. We better address this sooner rather than later. Yeah. Uh, and Jeffrey Lurie, kudos to him, identified, hey, I like this kid. I think this is somebody we need to really, really look at as a possible safety valve for what we may have to do, which is eventually get rid of Carson Wentz yeah. and, eat that, and eat that big cap number for a year. That just goes to tell you how quickly they wanted to be done with Carson Wentz, knowing they were going to have to eat a, a huge cap number. They were strapped for the one year. And then after that, once they got out from under that is when things really took off, as we found out over the last couple of years, the way they've drafted and brought in certain free agents. Yeah. Um, all right. The, the, it looks to like, we've talked about, a, we talked about a couple positions on the defensive side that, that are maybe, you know, changing a little bit here. Let's go to the offensive side in the slot receiver position, because initially on paper, it looked like it was Quez Watkins. This is trending towards, uh, Alameda Zacchaeus, you know, being that slot guy, Derek, he looks like the one who's going to be moving into that position. And look, I know they're very different players. He doesn't have the speed that Quez ha- has, but still. He, he looks like he's going to be the answer there. Well, it, it tells you that what they're looking for has more to do with uh, than just speed um, and does not bode well for Quez, who came out and made that comment on social media about, you know, bleep this, bleep that, and I'll prove it. That, you know, yeah. um, if that is the case, what is Quez not showing them in training camp? You know, what is, what is he lacking? Now, he, he said himself – He's going to show everybody wrong, which means it starts in training camp. Mm-hmm. So what hasn't he shown that this all of a sudden they're tw- trending towards a guy who's 5'8 as a slot receiver? You know, maybe he's a better blocker. Maybe Zacchaeus has better hands than Quez. Maybe the quarterback feels more comfortable throwing to uh, Zacchaeus than Quez. Um, there's a whole lot of things that go into that. And, of course, the organization is not going to tell you. But that is one position battle that – that needs to be closely watched in terms of reps in practice and in terms of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And look, it's all there for Quez. The Eagles to their credit backed him, you know, backed him after the way last year went and, you know, but, but also there's competition there. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. One of the things I'll tell you, one of the things I love Derek, just, I'm sorry to get off on a side here, but Christian Ellis, when he, when they told him that Zach Cunningham and miles Jack were coming in, his reaction was great. Iron sharpens iron. Like yep. let's go. Yeah. He, he didn't. He didn't just you know crawl up in a ball. 
That tells you about Christian Ellis's mindset. Yeah. Uh, see, and, and just to address the, the, the chat real quick, we know we know Quez is hurt. We know he has a hamstring issue. But no, even uh, yeah, before that, but yeah. even before that, Zacchaeus, the role has ele been, been elevating. Yes. Um, when you talk about Ellis, Ellis's mindset is, I'm not just here to make a roster. Yeah. Now, he saw that this is a prime opportunity for me to make headwaves. Now, I don't know if he knows anything about this Morrow guy or not, but he understood that because they brought a guy in here on, on a one-year deal, this was his chance to make some headway. And he's he's taking advantage of every opportunity given. Yeah. He's consistently made plays in two games, mm -hmm. you know? And you know what? We, we believe Cunningham is trending to be that starter, but Christian Ellis is going down with a fight. Yeah. And he's shown he's shown that in his play on the field. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I I like look, would you like to have every position locked up? Of course you would. But I, I'm I'm enjoying this year that there is some competition here. And and some spots that we thought there was going to be competition, there just isn't. Like there hasn't been any competition at the right guard spot. No. It's no. it's clearly Jurgens um over Steen right now. It, it you know, nobody really pushed uh uh blankenship, you know, at, at the safety spot. So some guys have just solidified themselves while others haven't. Well, um, I, I like the Blankenship situation. I, I liked what he showed, flashes of what he showed last year. He deserves this opportunity. Uh, it's on him now to hold down the fort. And when you look at the makeup of the of safety position right now, um, there's not much of a push, really, to push him out of the way when you think about it. So this is his job. The, the organization has told him, the coaches have told him, this is your job. Go out and take it. Hold on to it. Do what you need to do to prove us right. And the fact, you know, he didn't suit up the first game. Uh, I, I, I want to see him play. I got to see him play now. Yeah. You know, I, I think he has the attributes. He's still a young player. He's going to make mistakes. But if he minimizes those mistakes and makes, makes more plays this year than he does mistakes, and then he's on the right course, to being a fixture in this defense for at least a few years. Yeah. Um, I, I can't wait to see him go against frontline competition, the Mahomes, the Josh Allens, and so on and so forth. Um, because if you look at what's behind him right now, there's not a whole lot of push behind him. So he's not like he's pressured. It's not like he has to look over his shoulder constantly at whatever somebody else is doing. All he has to do is focus on a straight and narrow and continue to do what is expected of him, and he won't have a problem. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. All right, let's uh let's get a timeout. Let's come back. Uh, Derek, we have not talked any Phillies at all. And we will get into the Phillies because they have their biggest, this is not hyperbole, their biggest series of the season beginning tonight. They got the, the San Francisco Giants, who they are going kind of neck and neck here in the wild card standings, will be coming to Philadelphia for the next three. Uh Phillies right now up two games on the Giants. They lost two out of three over the weekend to the Nats. So let's dive into all of that when we come back. Two o'clock will be our NFL segment. We've got a lot to get to, including a game tonight. The Ravens, the streak is still on the line, Derek. Get the champagne out if they take care there of business. Go, baby. Oh, my God. All right, so we'll do that when we come back as well. He's Derek. I'm Rob. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. Let's talk about Pro Action Restoration. Yes, Pro Action Restoration is the place that you turn to if you have a business, you have a home, you have a property that you own, and you go through the pain, the inconvenience of water, fire, smoke, mold damage. Look, we see what's happening around the country, right? It, it is some scary, scary stuff, man, and, and wishing all of our neighbors uh, just the best with all this crazy weather that we're getting. But ProAction Restoration is on call 24 hours, seven days a week to assist. I personally went through it at my parents' house years back. 
I reached out on a Saturday to Pro Action Restoration. They got right out to my house, to their house, and they cleaned everything up. And it was amazing. The crew was professional, clean. The price was right. The whole nine. They are licensed, bonded, fully insured. They've been serving the tri-state area for more than two decades. Pro Action Restoration will work in conjunction with your insurance company. So again, if it's water, fire, smoke damage, mold remediation, you name it, they can handle it. Give them a call. 610-623-3760. 610-623-3760. Or online at ProActionRestoration.com. That's ProActionRestoration.com. Go passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first! <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust. Go first! And go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey official partner of the philadelphia eagles Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S Eagles Back, back, hanging out with you on this Monday, August 21st. Yeah, two weeks, crazy as it sounds, two weeks from Thursday, uh, the the NFL season starts, uh, a game between the Lions and the Chiefs, very exciting. Uh, We're also heading into the stretch run here. For Major League Baseball, as we uh, as we 
count down the month of August into September when it gets crazy. So uh, the Phillies lose two out of three over the weekend, Derek, to the Nationals. That shouldn't happen, period. Um, Friday, you know, it was clear that that Michael Lorenzen was just – I don't know if it was the aftermath of the of, of pitching all the pitches, throwing all the pitches that he that he threw uh, in the no hitter. Even though they gave him extra time, but he was not himself, and he got he got hit around sort of the bullpen. They actually put up some runs, um, and then Saturday they were down three nothing going into the seventh, and it looked like this was going to be one of those just clunker kind of games. And then Castellanos hits a three run shot, and then the bats just explode to the point where Turner hits two home runs in the same inning. Yeah. And they went 12-3 in a laugher. And then last night again, you know, I know people were going to look at Wheeler, and I, rightfully so, he gave a four in the first. But you didn't score until the ninth. And, you know, you get a couple, a few runs in the ninth on, on the cave home run. The, the, the offense is like up and down, man. And, and they got to be better. I, I've been saying this all, all year, Rob. Um, when you take into consideration this lineup, they should be much closer in terms of home runs to the Atlanta Braves. You know, the Atlanta Braves, they have scored over 53% of their runs this season based on home runs. Yep. And the Atlanta Braves lineup is not better than the Phillies on paper. But in, 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 in practical fashion, they have been light, light years better than the Phillies this year in terms of uh, prowess at the plate. And that's been the difference between the Phillies jockeying for a position at the top of the the uh, the NL East and and basically being 13 and a half games behind the Braves. Mm-hmm. Now the Braves pitching has been a little bit more stellar than the Phillies, but in terms of hitting, there's no way that, that there should be that big of a discrepancy in the terms of the home runs Atlanta's hit compared to the Phillies. But you you go back to the game on Friday. And, and you know me, I've been talking about this all along. I brought it up starting in late June. I, I was concerned at that time, are we ever going to see the Phillies really come out of this mediocrity? We haven't seen it, to be honest with you. Yes, they control the wild card spot. Yes, they're well over 500. But this team with the roster that they have has not found that measure of consistency. You know, and it's, it's just baffling to me. Yes, they've had players nicked up, but so have other teams. But this team should be a dominant team. There's no way you should lose at this stage of a season two out of three to the likes of Washington. Now, I will say this about Washington. Since July 8th, after coming out of this Philly series, mm-hmm. they've won, they've gone like 16, what is it, 16 and, and it's 16 and 20 at home. Yep. So they've played better at home. But on paper, they're no match. They don't even have the power pitching the Phillies have. Mm-hmm. This is a power hitting lineup. And you mean to tell me the Phillies couldn't muster a run until the ninth inning on Sunday? You know, Rob, the Phillies lead the majors in in terms of uh, teams that have given up five-run leads or more in lost games. The Phillies lead the majors. Now, they only have four of them. But the next closest teams, and there's several teams, they all have two. But this team, they came back Friday. They got down early. They explode for six runs in the, in, in the sixth inning. In the fourth inning, correct. Mm-hmm. Now, Lorenzen, I don't care if he was off or not. First of all, he extended rest. So it's not like he was pitching on a fifth day. Yep. He had extended rest. He could have pitched half as well as a game he pitched in a no-hitter and should have been able to control this team. They lit him up like they did Atlanta Braves. I'm, I'm sitting there going, they answered a six-run top of the fourth. 
with a six-run bottom of the fourth. This is one of the lightest-hitting teams in the majors, one of the lightest-hitting home-run teams in the majors. They lit the Phillies pitching staff up in the bottom of the sixth, and then they tacked on two more. Phillies asserted themselves. What the Phillies did on Saturday is what I expected to see consistently all season. We haven't seen it. And then on Sunday, what do they do? They can't push a run across the plate until the ninth inning. Yeah. This has been the theme all season. And and I said it in June. I said it in July. I'm going to say it again in August. I don't think this team is ever going to come out of this at this stage. This is their identity the rest of the way, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, I I, I think you're right. I mean, hoping that all of a sudden – this is going to change and they're going to become the model of consistency. Yeah. You're, you're, you're probably kidding yourself. Uh, I appreciate the welcome back there, uh, Barbara Carroll. Thank you. Um, yeah. I, I, I just, it is frustrating to watch it. They sort of found different ways this week. And I, you know, you blink your eye and it was four, nothing in the game last night, which is unlike Wheeler. He's not one of those guys who usually gets beat up early in a game. Uh, he did settle into his credit. He didn't give up another run after that, yeah. but. You know, th- this is where the bats need to pick him up every once in a while, and they didn't pick him up. And yeah, it is, it is very frustrating. You know what what's going on with them, and you know, Derek, as a team, they're fifteen and fifteen in their last thirty. Yes, yes, that's inexcusable. Not Rob. good enough, man. No. Yeah, that's yeah. inexcusable for a team with this kind of lineup, pitching and hitting. That's inexcusable. Yeah, and they were they were twenty seven and ten prior to that run, prior to this fifteen and fifteen, like you. I'm not saying you have to be 27 and 10, but you got to be over 500 with this, with the talent that you have, you got to be. So that's not nearly good enough. Um, Yeah. I mean, the good news is you're, you're getting Alvarado back tonight, uh, which will really help that bullpen. Uh, I disagree with Jim G if 15 to 15 facing really bad teams. Oh, I'm sorry. I agree with you. I thought you were saying that they, they faced really good teams. No, they haven't. Um, But one thing I I do want to circle back to what you said about the Nats. Um, you can see they have the makings of what's going to be a good team soon. They're not yes. there yet, yes. you know, but there's a lot of good young talent on that team. Guys who can rake uh, Stone Garrett and Liam yes. Thomas and uh, the, the kid Abrams at shortstop who they got. I love, the, I love the shortstop. I love the shortstop. He is smooth. They have some catching talent. Uh, they got some arms. Like they're the center fielder. Yeah, give them about two years and they're going to be real dangerous. Uh, that's why the Phillies got to capitalize now because you never know what could happen a couple of years from now. Dude, this shortstop, um, Abram, is one of the slickest fielding shortstops in the majors right now. He he's got great him. range, great arm. He's not a big guy either, but great no. arm. You got a laser for an arm. Monster great prospect. Club. Yeah, oh, my Yep. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah. And I'm sitting there going, wow. And I guess that's Washington's payback for the Phillies taking three out of four a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I guess, uh, you know, you just, it, they're hard team to figure sometimes, you, you know, you got the good win in the second game in the Toronto series. And then, you know, it was all a mess on Friday and then Saturday they looked dead and then they fight come scorching back and, and then they don't do anything yesterday. Um, I will say this though. I, I thought baseball did a really good job and they've done a really good job with these, these games that are being played in Williamsport at the little league world series. It was so cool to see both teams land on the tarmac, you know, jettison over to the, uh, to the stadium and mingle with the kids. It was, it was what it's all about. Like they have kids sit on the bus with them when they ride over, they exchange hats with one another. The kids give them their, their, their uh, league pins that they have. And, and to watch Harper and Schwarber and Trey Turner in the stands cheering on the media team, the Philly kids. That was so cool, man. 
I love the tradition of all the players passing the ball, you know, to open a game. Yeah. I love the fact that, that Harper and other guys took time out to have a skull session with players. Yeah. But the, but here's the coolest thing I thought about. I was telling my wife this last night. I said, that's really cool. You got a game going on and you got players sitting in the stands with a headset on and they're asking players questions while the game was going on. Who's your favorite player? You know, it was so it's cool that the that the players agreed to do this. Right. You know, they're focusing on trying to, you know, situational baseball, you know, and, and they're talking to kids live while kids and then there was one kid who said um his favorite I forgot who his favorite player was, and, and they told a kid he put this head headset on, and his favorite player from another team, not even the two teams that were playing, yep. sent him a video message. Hey man, thank you so much for being my, you know, and I want to ask you a question. Mm -hmm. And the ball, ball player after kid, dude, it's neat how baseball did that, man. Yeah, I think it was really cool. I, I know some people just give me the game. I, I, I'm sorry, like I, I'm okay with this. I like this kind of thing. I think it's important. It helps grow the game. Let's face it, baseball is yeah. also a game that's kind of trended towards older folks. Yep. This is a way to get younger kids involved more. Uh, I thought it was really nice, man. And I thought well, the other thing that was cool was they took like say the Mexican players or the players from other countries. And they went and talked to those kids from, from those countries. Yeah. Yep. Like, that's cool, man. You know, it's a really nice touch. That's something these kids will never forget, you know? Yeah. And especially the kids that are from the Philadelphia area who got, I got to talk to Bryce Harper, you know, Kyle Schwarber. I get to talk to these guys, Trey Turner. They'll remember that for a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Now from, now let's face it. A lot of major leaguers, uh, played Little League Baseball. A few of them have even gotten to the World Series, not many. But those are memories that you and, – uh, and I believe that when they did an uh, interview with Bryce Harper during the game about what it's like for these kids, and, you know, he started talking about his kids, and he got emotional. He was starting to cry about, I just love being a dad, and I can't wait to my, see my kids play Little League Baseball. I'm like, dude, that's an element of the game. You don't get to see it. You don't – but you know what? Things have changed. Look, look at how um, – Baseball has changed. How pro sports has changed. Access, miking up players during games, preseason, so on and so forth. You get to hear certain little caveats you normally wouldn't get to hear, and that's cool, man. In the modern technology world we live in today, it's cool to get that kind of that that, that kind of side view, so to speak. I agree with you, Derek. I, mean, I thought it was a, it was really well done. It's very rare that we see anything new. That, that, that hits like if you remember and we're going back a long ways now but right. 10 15 years ago when they did the nhl winter classic where they played it outside that was cool like i you know I, they did it yeah. here in philly against yeah. the rangers like that was something you wanted to see right yeah. games playing played in snow and you know it was awesome but there there isn't many things that are that are it's hard to reinvent the wheel and i think yep. baseball incorporating the kids there at williamsport was really cool unfortunately it was kind of a clunker for <laughs> for the phillies but it, you know not 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 great no. Well, when you, when you think about it, Rob, it wasn't that long ago when the national stories were coming out every year how uh, interest in baseball had waned, you know, and they were losing numbers at the gates. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they came up with this concept to make the game faster. They realized the games were dragging on too long. Now they've made the game faster. People think, hey, you know what? It's a nice two or three hour outing for a family now. You yeah. can consistently – it's like a football game now. You can consistently go to a game for three hours for the most part. You're gonna have some extra inning games. That's, that's part of baseball. But you know, they 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 now use the runner on second base in extra innings to try to speed up the game. Baseball finally got it right. They yeah. have been down for so long. They're finally getting it right now. Yeah, I agree.
Look, I agree with you. Um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, if, if I think the willingness to change, whether it's the pitch clock, whether it's this kind of stuff, and I know they've been doing this for a couple of years, but like the change to me shows something. All right. So um, here's where we stand going into tonight, Derek. Phillies right now are two games up on the Giants. Phillies are 67 and 57. Giants are 65 and 59. Yep. Um, you have a couple teams right on their tail, too. The Cubs are right there. The Reds, the Marlins, the Diamondbacks are all right there um, in this race. The, San Francisco can pitch. Um, they can. They that's uh, one of their strengths. And they actually brought up a kid who was like their number one pitching prospect is coming up, and he's going to pitch game two here. So that's going to be very interesting to see what that actually looks like. Um, tonight you get Aaron Nola, and frankly, uh, I have no idea. Our <laughs> Springer. Start sprinkling the holy water now. Just, yeah. just start now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, it's impossible to know what he's going to look like here. Impossible. Um, I'm, I'm just looking at his, his stats for the season, Rob, and it's like I, I, it just still baffles me that he's given up a home run in, in every game except three that he's pitched this year. Yeah. I just don't – his ERA is, is approaching five instead of four. You know. It's the ERA and the home runs allowed that, that are just going to just punch you in the face when you look at the stats. It, it, it just I, – I, I, and, Rob, the fact that he's sitting here, he's 10 and 8. And I'm thinking, when the heck did Aaron Nola win 10 games? Yeah. How'd that happen, you know? I mean, you look at his last outing against Toronto. He only went five innings. Right. Um, he threw 92 pitches. He gave up four runs, four hits, okay, and one home run. But he still got the win in that game, but he didn't pitch a great game. Mm-hmm. The game before that against Washington, he held him to one run, but he only went five innings. You know, his strikeouts have been down uh, for the most part, uh, but he cannot get away from this home run ball thing, man. I, I don't get it. I don't understand this about him, man, to be honest with you. I don't understand him either. Um, and I, I don't know whether it's just, you know, the contract thing has gotten to him. He's just having a down year or he's trending this way. I don't know. I, I don't know what it is yet, but none of it's uh, none of it's been good. Um, that's for sure. So as we mentioned, um, you know, aside from that, there's a couple of good signs here. Alvarado comes back. The back end of the bullpen needs him. Um, you know, it's it, if you can now throw him and Kimbrell and Soto back there and Sir Anthony, all of a sudden the, the back end of the pen looks pretty good with some really live arms. If he's right, he yeah. hasn't been right in a while, but if he's right, that's a big deal. That's a big deal. The, you're right. Jim's, Jim says the other part is the pitch clock. Yes, fair. But the, my, my thing at this point, if you haven't adjusted to it, shame on you. Shame on you if you're Aaron Nola. Every, everybody else is adjusting to it. You know, yeah. hey, Lorenzo went out there and pitched a no-hitter with a pitch clock. Mm-hmm. You know, Aaron Nola's, you know, did, did, maybe the first couple of games, but in mid-August, there's no excuse for that now. He's had more than enough time to adjust to that pitch clock. Yes. You know, and, and we're not getting the consistent results that we had hoped for with this guy. And, and you know what? San Francisco's not a heavy-hitting team, but they're, they're the number two team for a reason in the wild card because of their pitching. So now we need this Phillies team pitching to be on point against this team. Mm-hmm. And you're starting this series off against the one guy I did not want on the hill in this series. Uh, yeah, I trust me. I, I know. And I think every Phillies fan feels the same way. You know, I mean, the guy they're going against, um, you know, look, the other – it's going to be fascinating. I know he's been here before, but we know with Gabe Kapler there comes a little bit more. Yeah, there's a little bit more to it than, than just – your, any run of the mill manager coming in here, and you know how badly he's going to want to beat the Phillies too. 
Well, he's he ha- he's he's since he's been in San Francisco, he's beaten up on the Phillies. Let's face it. Yep. He's gotten the best of the Phillies for whatever mm-hmm. reason. You know, and, and I'm I'm not saying he's gloating, but you're right. You know, there's a, a a spot in his inner being that every time he plays the Phillies, he wants to leave here saying, "I told you so." I told you so. You know. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's face it. When he was here, Rob, he didn't have much talent around. I mean, come he on. He did. He didn't have he, especially the bullpen was horrendous. Yeah, he was put in a bad situation here, and, and they used him as a scapegoat. Yeah. You know, but now you know he's had a little bit of talent. Hasn't won. Hasn't won at all in San Francisco, but he's he. he Emerged as a much better manager, strategy wise, than he ever was in Philadelphia. Yeah, and maybe it, maybe needed Philly as his learning ground. Maybe well, kind of remember Terry Francona. Francona was a much better manager second time around than he yes. was here. Yes, you know? and he probably had less talent than Gabe had. He that, oh, Francona, other than like he had Roland and you know Schilling and you know whatever, but he didn't have much. He did not have much. That was no. bad years. They were like our early years at NBC Sports. Oh, yeah, sports that they were. They were rough. They were rough. You know what? We look back on those years now. We chuckle, man. But you're right. It was like we all kept saying to ourselves, what did we get into? What did we let ourselves get into? Because I, as for as long as I've been in television, I had never been in a situation like that one initially early on. Now, once we came out on the other side, it grew into the giant that the, that the, the ownership wanted it to be. It became the regional giant that they had envisioned. We couldn't see that division because you had come from ESPN. I've come from working in other markets where things run differently and yeah. a lot more smoother. Yes. When we hit the ground running, dude, it was like it was like hitting the beach, man. Drop, drop and roll, hit the beach, Jack. Mm-hmm. And we didn't even have all the equipment we needed right no. away. No. We were no. in the trailers to start out with. Didn't have the equipment we needed. Didn't have, uh, oh my God, there was a lot. Uh, assignment editors, like didn't have, any, everybody was just doing everything. It was, it really was sort of like, it was a great, not not training ground, but it was, it was, you know, yet everybody was kind of pitching in. Everybody was doing what they had to do just to survive, you know? And it was, it, you, you did what you had to do and you got Think about it. how many tech, technology glitches we had live. You know, shows would drop out, video was freeze. We go to black spots and shows, and you have to come out and joke about it, you know. Um, yeah, it took a while. It took a while um, for things to smooth out. It was at least seven, eight months before it started to get it right consistently. Yeah, yeah it was. No we're like, my goodness, what in the world did we do? Agree coming to this thing. But I think it trained us well, you know, to to, to, to get used to having curveballs thrown your way, you know, going forward, you know. But I think it also helped the bond that we had, too. We all came from so many different places. Oh, for sure. And, and I think it strengthened the bond because we invest. the company invested in us, all, all, all of us that hired us. Yeah. They felt we were the kind of people that would get this thing running and see it through. Yeah. And we had to jump in and wear more hats than we were accustomed to wearing in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. And because we cross-referenced so much, I think it built a lot of the camaraderie and the bond that we established real quick in that newsroom. I agree with you. Uh, hey, I want to show you this because um, I want to let everybody know that, you know, we're thinking about our friends in Southern California. We're thinking about our friends in Mexico and some of the stuff that's we've just had some really severe weather situations. Um, not only were they dealing with flooding and and everything else, they had a what was it? A five point five on uh, earthquake as well yeah, yeah. on the on the on the scale. Um, so do you have that that video of what Dodger Stadium? Looks like this is pretty crazy, Derek, because um, 
And I'm saying to myself, I, 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 last night I'm, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching preseason football, and they, they played a game in L.A. Like, uh, as we, what are we doing ridiculous. here? That was ridiculous. That was, yeah. uh, dude. Th- but that's the West Coast for you, um, you know. And supposedly the weather's going to get worse, you know, with all this flooding and stuff out there. So praying for a lot of people. Hopefully it's not life threatening in a lot of ways. I know certain counties with certain towns out there, people have been evacuated um, uh, already. And yeah. the, the flood waters are supposed to be ridiculous. You saw what happened. It hit Mexico before it moved up the coast of Southern California. Yeah. It's not bad, man. I, I, I lived in some bad storms in when I lived in San Diego, but nothing like what they're talking about now. Tsunami warnings from cells. Yeah. What? My God, man. Stay safe. Uh, it is scary. It really is. It is scary. Tsunami scary. warnings? Jeez. I mean, do you need you more piled on? Yeah. You don't hear about tsunamis on the West Coast. You know, you hear about severe rains. You know, first of all, Southern California was always known for not getting any rain. You know, like January to May. Now, all of a sudden, in those months, the the the, the rain has increased significantly. You know, and now they're telling all these flash floods and stuff. Five point one quake, jeez. Yeah, man, it's no joke. It is no joke. And look, we're we're pretty blessed. Uh, just two hours from where Dan lives, uh, we're pretty blessed, Eric. That our part of the country where you and I live, in, you know, Philadelphia and Delaware, respectively. Yeah, we we don't deal with a lot of this stuff, man. Like we get yeah. an occasional, yeah. you know, crazy rains and winds sometimes, and you know, but man, not considering what other people get pretty mild. Uh, yeah. You know, even when you get the major snowstorms, the last few years, we might get hit with something little, but all of a sudden when it shifts and goes up the coast to New York and to Boston, yeah. they get slammed. You know, we don't, we don't get that here. You know, and last, last winter we got nothing. Oh, we get it. We, we literally didn't, I think we got like a coating of snow. I mean, it was it was almost like nothing at all. We didn't get, we didn't get that here. We might have yeah. got a, a dusting, but I did. We got nothing, you know. And I was, you know, I'm glad. Trust me, I'm glad. So I didn't have to get out there and shovel that mess. But you know, when you got a big snowblower, you want to use it at least once just to <laughs> just to rev it up. You know the old joke: the second you buy that, you know you're not getting oh. any of that. Oh. But you know what? If that's the case, that's okay. Uh, that that is, that is perfectly perfectly fine i guess we're having some technical difficulties and we can't bring that up for you oh we can't okay that's okay i mean we'll we'll, you know what we'll do we'll uh if we if we get things straightened out we'll revisit that in the uh in the last segment so um we'll we'll get it all straightened out but anyway so nola tonight uh taiwan walker tomorrow who was skipped his in his last start so that he should be well rested uh he looked like he kind of got tired a little bit and now we'll we'll see if lorenzen can bounce tired we got tired I don't know. <laughs> don't got tired? I don't know. You're don't pitching know every fifth or sixth day. How can you be tired? Yes. All right. Uh, all right. So, so I think we have the uh, I think we have the video of Dodger Stadium. So just take a look at this. Yeah, this, let's is, see this. this is pretty wild, man. Just to give you an idea and understanding of what the flooding, you know, truly is all about. My uh, goodness. Right. So so here we go. So this is like helica- helicopter, you know, kind of thing. That's Dodger Stadium right there, Derek, surrounded by all that water. Is that as of today? That was yesterday, I believe. But just to give you an idea, like how severe it is. I mean, you know, and, and obviously L.A. Is, is not used to this kind of thing anyway, right? I mean, there you wow. go. It gives you, gives you a little more clear right there. You can see it a little bit better right there. That is, man, 
Jeez. Yeah, I've, I've been to Dodger Stadium. Um, Thank you, Tom. It sits, it sits down in a hole. So right. if that is if that is the surrounding landscape, uh, landscape, how much water is on that field? Right, right. Because it's, it, it's, there's a reason why it's called Chavez Ravine. It sits. Matter of fact, when you walk into the stadium, you're at the you're like at the nosebleed level, and you walk down to the good. So you know, like most stadiums, yeah. You walk in ground level, and you sit, you go up like if you're sitting up higher. Right. Chavez Ravine, you walk down steep stairs to get to the field level. And if that is the surrounding neighborhood and areas with that kind of water, man, I, I, I wish I could see pictures of what the field looks like now. Yeah, they're they're away, the Dodgers are, until Monday. They have a week away. They're in Cleveland, off tonight in Cleveland, then they're at Boston, but then they come back the 28th. So they, they at least, you know, hopefully, you know, you do the best you can, man, but it's it's not good. And on it's top of that, they had the 5.1 five quake. Uh, yeah. On top of all that, as if that wasn't enough. I know oh, it's goodness. scary. So uh, thinking about everybody out there, man, and hang in there, Dan, hang in there as well. All right, let's get a timeout here, Derek, and let's come back and we'll talk some NFL. Mentioned we have a game tonight, an update on Aaron Rodgers playing time. Uh, Joe Mixon speaking, not speaking. Uh, Cooper Cup update, uh, offensive line issues for the Panthers. A lot to dive into. Baker Mayfield, weird story there. We'll get into all of it when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek Gunn. I am Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network. I'm going to tell you about Flynn Tree Services. Flynn Tree Services is an experienced, licensed, and insured Pennsylvania tree services company that will trim or remove any unwanted trees off of your property. They offer cost-effective solutions to any tree problem that you may face. Uh, they're experts at trimming all types of trees, and they serve southeastern Pennsylvania, South Jersey, and northern Delaware. Flint Tree Services specializes in tree removal, stump grinding, as well as tree pruning. You can go to their Facebook or Instagram page for more information or a sampling of their work. Give Flint Tree Services a call at 610-850-2848. 610-850-2848. Flint Tree Services.
If you own a company and you're not producing a podcast, you're missing out. The public consumes messaging when they're ready. Join the professional podcast network of companies and let Jacob Media Partners put you in the podcast arena. Come to our professional studio or we'll come to your place of business and professionally produce your company podcast. Call Jacob Media right now at 267-261-3428. Here, imaginations run wild and time stands still. Because here, you can find the best of the Jersey Shore all on one five-mile island. So leave the old you behind and get lost in the woods. at Southeastern PA in Delaware with Colony Pools this football season. And let the experts close your pool with a custom Merlin safety cover in green for the birds. And if you join our winter watch team, we'll give you another 20% off and Colony Pools will handle it all. Keep your tiles on your pool, not in your pool. Fly with Colony right now, birds fans. Visit flywithcolony.com. Appreciate you hanging out with us. Uh, we are Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube channel. That's Derek. I am Rob. All right, let's hit some NFL news and notes. All right, Ravens uh, against the Commanders tonight, Derek. Does the streak stay alive? Can they do it? 20, 25 in a row? Come on. Um, you know, John Harbaugh through the years, when that, when that thing was like a 17, 18, he, talk, he takes great pride in that fact. You know, which is interesting. And obviously his players feed into this for whatever the case may be. Now, that hasn't parlayed necessarily into great seasons across the board. But for whatever reason, I think it's a great story. Um, The fact that they've won 24 straight preseason games. But it doesn't mean anything in the bigger scheme of things except to the Ravens organization. So, but a lot of people, here's the thing. People are going to tune into that game to see if they do it. Yeah, you know, they will see if they do. Tw- I mean, twenty-five games in a preseason. When you consider the volume of players you're playing, a lot of players won't even make your team, but yet they've maintained this record. I think it's pretty interesting. It's interesting. Like, like, let me put it this way: we're 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 such junkies. You and I are watching anyway tonight, right? As are a lot of people that are that are hanging with us. Yeah, because there's certain players you want to see, right? But like, I don't know. Even when Harbaugh was asked about it leading up to the Eagles game. 
he almost treated it like it was a no hitter. Like, just don't don't even talk about it. We we don't want to jinx ourselves. Like, I don't. I don't what's who cares? I, I don't know. Whatever works for him, I guess. <laughs> Good for him. All right. Um, beyond that, so Zach Taylor says that Joe Burrow looks as good as he's looked. There's, they don't have any concerns that he isn't going to be ready to go week one, uh, coming back from that calf, which initially looked pretty scary for a mm. minute. But, uh, he looks good apparently. So that's, that's kind of where things are. He said, he looks great physically just walking around. He looks probably as good as he's ever looked at this point. Um, once Burrow gets the, gets the green light to make a full return to the field, Taylor doesn't think it'll be too long before he's ready for game action. So, so he's not going to play the first game. No, 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 no. He will. Uh, oh, he will. Okay. David said he won't. I mean, I, I think he's going to practice this week, the week going into the game. That's a that's a tricky injury. Those calf injuries, man. You talk yeah. about nagging. That's something that can linger the whole season. Now they'll use like elastic wrap or something like that to tight, you know, to hold the muscle tighter against the, uh, the bone. But man, those things are a pain in the butt to deal with. No doubt, no doubt. There, they, you got the you. The key is patience because it's got to be healed. If it's not healed, you can yeah. easily reaggravate. Yeah. yeah. Um. This is from the no shock at all category here, but Josh Jacobs expected to report prior to week one. He has to report to get paid to, you know, further his free agency. Uh, that's when he can start getting the hardcore game check fines. Yep. None of that's happening. He'll go in, get his whatever. What was it? 9.5 million or whatever. Yeah. And yeah. Then I think it's 10.1. If I'm not mistaken. 10.1. So he'll get it. Well, plus yeah. if you miss if you miss X amount of games, you lose that accrued year of uh, exactly uh, seniority, uh, which could affect your your benefits when you retire as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in terms of what you get um, in pension, uh, medical stuff, because you do get X amount of years of medical help. Right, it's not lifetime like the commissioner, but you yeah. do get X amount after you're done playing football um, when you hit that retirement age. Um, so I'm not surprised. This happens all the time. But how much now? When he comes back, because he he, he can't be fined because he never signed that tent that cap tent tender, Correct. right? Correct. So he can't be fined. So he's not giving you're not giving up that kind of money. Even if you're not happy with 10.1 million, no, you're not giving up that kind of money. He played this exactly the way he was gonna play it. Either you're yeah. you're gonna, you know, I'm I'm not gonna get fined, but when when the fines start, I'll be in, I'll report, I'll sign the tenor, and I'll get my 10 million this year and see what happens after that. Look, I, we talked about it all the time. First of all, it never works out when you hold out a year. Secondly, 10 million is 10 million. I, yes. I don't care how much you want, how much you think you're worth. That's 10 million dollars that you would not be getting that you are getting. Period. And on top and on top of that, after all the taxes, the agent fees. The entertainment tax fees and all that stuff, um, you're still gonna get half of that. Five million is still five million. Exactly yeah. right. Exactly. So right. I'm not giving away five million that I can never recoup again. No, nope. Uh all right. So this is one to keep your eye on for the next for next uh preseason, because we're, we're wrapping up preseason now. But Saints and the Texans announced on Sunday that they will they're calling off the joint practice practices that they were gonna have this week. Basically, D'Amico Ryan said, We're too banged up. Like I, I can't best interest of our team to hold off. Now that's specific to the Texans, but there are other coaches around the league who are now saying these things are getting a little too intense and too many of our guys are coming away with injuries. Uh, so we may see this start to go away, Derek. Have you seen a video over the past week with the extracurricular stuff that goes on in these joint practice sessions? 
Yeah. I mean, it, we, we've been inundated on social media with not just individual players, but whole teams coming out in the middle of the field swinging at each other. Now, granted, you, you're grunting and grinding against your teammates for days and weeks. You're looking forward to hitting somebody else in another uniform. But it's gotten out of control to the point where tempers are a lot shorter now. Stuff that used to just be second nature in terms of, you know, you clutch and grab somebody, you know, plays over. You got guys swiping hands away now. Um, injuries are piling up like never before in these things. Um, and, you know, D'Amico Ryan says this team's beat up. Then you want to wonder how healthy is this team going to be when they start the season? Yeah. if they're Because some of those injuries are not just day, day-to-day injuries. Some of these things are week-to-week. Right. You know, and if you're that banged up, what the heck are you going to look like when the season starts, especially if you're a new head coach, you're trying to establish a new identity, new chemistry, new mindset, and you come out of the gate, you know, and you go to a gunfight with a cap gun. You know, I I don't, I don't blame him. Now, Nick Sirianni says he loves to join practices better than he does the preseason game. Yeah, the Eagles are very hardcore on this. Like, they're in favor of it in a big way. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm curious to see, but you're right. This this preseason is winding down. Um, but next preseason is going to be interesting to see because, you know, it's a copycat league. Right. You know, and so we're going to see how many teams shy away from this. I don't want to lose my primetime players in a practice session. Heck no. I mean, well, look, the other thing is, and, and I'm glad they did this, by the way. It was a very smart thing to do. But um, with the Patriots-Packers game, um, they shut it down. I think there was 10:29 left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Um, it, it was Isaiah Bolden took a, just a nasty shot. It was scary. Uh, good news is he's out of the hospital. Um, and he's, he's apparently doing very well, but they shut it down. But in addition to that, the, the Patriots also shut down their joint practices this week. Also that were going to take place against the Titans. That's, yeah. that's been, that's been eliminated also smartly, I think. Well, you, you look at the Eagles. I mean, look at look at how many players have been carted off the field in preseason games. The Eagles had two last week. Yep. Okay. Yep. Um, that affects the psyche of a player. How do you ask a player to continue, especially what has happened with Demar Hamlin? Oh. How do you ask How do you ask a player to continue playing a mean, meaningless game and focus? You know, players always say, "When you're not focused, is when you get hurt." And you saw the entire Patriots team come out on the field. Anytime a player is strapped on a stretcher, you think it's bad. You see him move a, a hand or an arm. You yeah. say, okay, he's got motion in his in, in his extremities. But the players are on the field. They see it. They're up close watching it. You know, we don't know if his eyes were closed. You know, we don't know to what degree he, he was hurt. He was hurt enough to where he had to be strapped down and his head strapped down to a gurney. But mm-hmm. the players are right there. And the coaches, kudos to the coaches identifying if we continue this game, this could affect somebody's psyche. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a part of the game, yes. But you also have to be smart now that this could have long-term effects on some players. Right. And we can't afford to have another player get hurt who's not totally focused on playing the game right now. Yeah. So shut it down. Hey, look, we got some good work in. Uh, Ten minutes left in the game. Shut it down. Let's call it a night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I don't know where that, where it's going to trend, but you're right. It is a very much a copycat league. That's for sure. All right. So Aaron Rodgers, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, Derek will be playing in the, in the preseason finale. We haven't seen him all, all, uh, all off season so far. He's been a clipboard guy for them, but he will play in the game. Um, they, they want to get him a little bit of work with, with, you know, the, the ones basically. And I, uh, you know, I can't blame Salah. I would, here's my guess. 
if they have an opening drive that's, I don't know, 10, 12 plays and it's precision and he marches them right down the field, I don't know yeah. that we see him beyond that. Yep. Um, if the first drive is a three and out, does he come back for another one? Yeah. I mean, I think that's distinctly possible. I agree. I agree. Uh, but yeah, I don't think you'll get a ton of them, but I, you're going to see him here. Um, and I said it before, I'll say it again. This is like must see TV just because it's the big brother against the little brother in New York. Precisely. And for as long as the starters are out there, it's going to be a lot of jaw jacking, um, some probably some extracurricular pushing and stuff. But the Jets want to establish their turf because this is the first time in who knows how long they've had a marquee talent. You have the offensive and defensive rookie of the year coming back. You got Dalvin Cook. You got a defense that's ranked up that was one of the top five defenses in the NFL. And you got a future first ballot Hall of Famer now throwing to all these guys who's brought in some of his boys from Green Bay. Right. The Giants, for as mediocre as they've been, they've always been the dominant story when it comes to football in New York. You know, and they want to maintain that. You know, they turned the team, a first year head coach turned the team around, got them in the playoffs. They want to establish themselves. Um, I can't wait to see this. At least, for as least as, as long as the regulars are in there, I will pay close attention to this game. Now, when they take the regulars out, I'll still watch because there's players on the on both teams that we're going to be talking about because they play both teams three times this season the Giants twice, the Jets once. Right. So I'll watch. But not as intently as I will the first quarter or so. I do wonder, like, the Giants have played, their, like, Daniel Jones has played, et cetera. They haven't played Saquon. You think we'll, play, we'll see – I don't. But mm. do you think we'll see Saquon in this one? I don't I don't think so. I don't know about that. I don't either. For whatever reason, I don't think he'll be out there. Mm -mm. But that's all right. There's enough other talent. There's enough, enough, enough other, especially the Giants' defensive personnel. Who who like the they got some trash talkers on that team. Oh, for sure. So for I, sure. I want to see them go at the Jets offensive line. The Jets offensive line needs some work. Oh, yeah, so, it does. Uh-huh. Well, the Giants D line is getting the best of the Jets O line. Oh, it's gonna be some there's gonna be some serious trash talking out there. All right. So um Joe Mixon, who's had, you know, his share of off the field issues, that's for sure. And he was just found not guilty in criminal court, but there is a civil suit against him for, for a couple things. Um, but he's not pleased at his treatment from certain media outlets, and he will not answer their questions, including ESPN and Sports Illustrated, I believe. Um, wonder how this is going to go. Like, you're in a scrum, and, you know – an ESPN guy asked a question, is he going to go Drew Rosenhaus on him? Next question. Like, what's he going to do here with this? Well, based on what I read, um, there are four guys who he will not talk to this season, he says. And he named the four guys. Um, and he said he will still be available to the media, but he will not answer the questions, which means when he's in that scrum, when you're around your locker room, you know how that goes when there's 20, 30 people around your locker and everybody wants to get a question in. Um he will basically ignore the questions from those people. But if somebody else asks the same question, he'll probably answer that question. Mm -hmm. So he'll avoid getting fined for not being available, but he's basically put four people on notice uh, who he says have been really negative that he will not in any way, shape or form. And one, one, one writer has already written like a retaliatory uh, article about his numbers, his stats and stuff like this. So it's like, you just keep throwing logs on the fire, man, you know, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's interesting to see how that plays out. But 
you know, he, he won't be fine because he said he will be available. He's just the four guys he will not respond to. Are, are you uh, – let me just stay with the um, – just to jump around a little bit here. Um, the Bucks. are you surprised they haven't named a starter yet? That they're no. taking it this far no. between Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask? Gamesmanship. Want to see the best out of both and not tipping a hand too soon. You know, not that there's much to tip. You know, anybody who's played in the game for a while knows – has enough film on Baker Mayfield to know his strengths and weaknesses. But I think they're not naming one just to push the quarterbacks, to make them push just to see what kind of play they're getting out of them. I don't blame them for doing it. Yeah. I have no problem with that. Yeah, I guess. Let's stay on that for a minute. This Baker Mayfield story is very interesting. So he and his wife um, have filed a petition to find out where $12 million of their money that they invested um, – yeah is um and and the firm was founded by his father he's got family members working there um at this place 12 million dollars um in after-tax money this is shady man there there there's six there's six companies that baker mayfield and his wife want to open the books from 2018 to 2023 they want to know has their money been invested wisely? Wisely, has the money disappeared? Because there are players who invest the money whose money just disappeared. Ask yeah. Ask Hollis Thomas about that. Um, and there was somebody else, a quarterback in Cleveland, I believe it was. Uh, they lost a lot of money, mm-hmm. or they want to know if the the money has been misappropriately uh, used. Right. His father founded two of the six companies that the lawsuits have been filed against. Oof. Can you imagine what a family gathering would look like at this point? You know, and and think about that too. Like you're trying to win a starting job in the NFL, and you got that hanging over your head too. You know, hey man, twelve I mean, million dollars. I want to know where my money is. We've you, seen family members screw over, you know, oh, other yeah, family oh. members before. It's scary, dude. It's it's legendary how family members and friends have taken money from NFL players, telling them that you, they got a great deal starting a business. And players trying to help family members out go for it and lose their shirts. I mean, look at how much money Mark Brunel lost in real estate deals. Yeah, Mark, Mark Brunel, all of it, all of his career money, basically. All his career, his career money. Career. He, he invested in all these real estate deals that bottomed out, and he he had to file bankruptcy. Jeez, you know. And there's a laundry list of players who have had to file bankruptcy because money has been missing, or they kept giving money out to people they shouldn't have been giving money to. Family members who have coming out come out of the woodwork. And it's cost him. You know, John Dickerson's right. He says D Gun is mad when he's missing 12 cents. That's right. I'm ticked off the whole day. You take a dime from me, I'm ticked off. I want to know where that dime is. I ain't gonna exactly. lie. Exactly. Oh know. my God. Oh, yeah, that, that's one to keep your eye on. All right. This was a weird, weird, weird one. The Jimmy Graham story. Oh, oh. So Jimmy Graham, if you if you didn't know, he he's making a comeback in the NFL. He's back with the Saints, okay? And they're they were playing the the uh, Chargers in Los Angeles. They played last night, as a matter of fact. But I think this went down Friday, something like yeah. that. He apparently was like in the in the middle of traffic on a main street, disoriented, uh, he, you know, kind of causing a havoc and, and whatnot. And they actually had to take him in for a minute. But they think he had some kind of medical issue, which may have been a seizure. Um but it seems like everybody on the Saints is sort of downplaying it. Like, 
He didn't stay in the hospital long. He didn't go back to New Orleans. In fact, he watched the game from the locker room last night. But, you know, like, they, there, there's some talk that he might practice this week. This guy may have had a seizure. What, like, what are we doing here? How's that, how's that possible? I don't know. How, how's that possible? He was arrested, then released. Now they're possibly relating it to a seizure. And he's going to possibly practice this week, too? I, I just – we've got to slow this thing down a little, don't we? All of this in the span of a couple of days? I, I don't – I uh, – oof. You know. Now, if anything, I want thorough evaluation. That's the only thing I want. Jimmy, you're not on the field until we have a thorough evaluation done and right. find out is this is this a rare in, uh, incident or is this something in your DNA that triggers this that we may have to put you on some kind of medication to control it? Yeah. You know, I I don't know about this one, Rob. This, this is too soon for me. I feel like there's more that's going to come out here. I, we'll see. I, I don't know. But, yeah. Um, Cooper cup will be back practicing this week with the, uh, with the Rams. They certainly need them. Uh, that it looked like it may have been worse than it was, but they get him back. It's, uh, you know, big time game changer for that offense. That's for sure. So it looks like he's on the road to, to recovery there. Um, Jordan love Jordan love will play in the preseason finale for the Packers. Derek, he's had a good, uh, he's had a good preseason. Yes, he has. Those young receivers, those young speed receivers have played well. But, Rob, I, can't, I still can't get on the bandwagon with you. I can't. Um, I got to see him do it when he hit the ground running. I got to see it. But he's looked really good rolling out, throwing, throwing a deep ball, running that offense. Um, but, again, it's preseason. I, can't, I can't, can't get too high. I can't get too low, Rob. It's a whole new era in Green Bay Packers football. You know, we go through this like every 12, 13 years in Green Bay. Yeah. And so I got to see what this kid can do when it counts. Yeah, I, yeah. I really do. Well, look, I, I agree with you, but I wonder, like, I, I think LaFleur, it's going to be interesting to me because I feel like they're, they're viewing this as, man, we can really open this up and be who we want to be from an offensive perspective without yeah. Aaron Rodgers sort of bigfooting us or doing – you know what he wanted to do. That's the part I want. I'm interested in is to really see it. What Lafleur has here, you know, at, from a coaching standpoint and a play calling standpoint. That the, that's the part to me that I really want to see. Well, the the, the word was always, you're going to find out what kind of coach Matt Lafleur is once Aaron Rodgers is gone. Okay, he's gone now. The first three seasons Lafleur had Aaron Rodgers. They went 13 and three every year for three years. Right. Never got to the big game. Always found a way to blow it. Last year to go eight and nine. Now he's gone. You're starting with a young, virtually untested quarterback. Now we we, we keep hearing rumors about how Lafleur's hand uh, playbook was handcuffed because Aaron Rodgers didn't want to run certain aspects of it and would constantly change plays. Okay, so now you got a quarterback who's just happy to be in the league. We assume that Lafleur is going to open up his playbook even more so. So I'm going to see what it looks like. They have a good offensive line. They have two good running backs. They've still got some young, virtually untested receivers and a defense that has to change its image from a defense that was a sieve against the run to a defense that can give the ball back to the offense and let's see what the offense can do with it. So this is probably going to be uh, the pinnacle of Matt LaFleur's coaching tenure in Green Bay to find out what he can do with a revamp team or revamp uh, offense with a different quarterback at the helm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. You would never guess 
who went to see Taylor Swift and is a big fan. Who? Bill Belichick. Oh, geez. Are you serious? The hoodie. The hoodie? The hoodie went to see her. In fact, commented on her. Uh, so she did an, She did a three-hour performance at Gillette Stadium in the pouring rain. It was like pouring rain, right? He said, quote, she was pretty impressive. She's tough, man. She stood out there and played right through it. So the hoodie's impressed with uh, T. Swifty. I was kind of shocked. He's a, he's a Taylor Taylor Swift fan, you know. Mm-hmm. He he gets me as more of an old school guy like a ZZ Top or somebody like that, Grateful Dead. You know, I'm surprised he was out there. I mean, but let's face it, she's who she she's huge. She is the name on the entertainment market right now. Mm-hmm. She, but I ain't, I'm not going out there. Um, <laughs> you you already know my stance. I'm not going out in the crowd for that. No. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Um, Isaiah Pacheco uh, looks like he's gonna he's advanced so much it looks like he's gonna play in their preseason finale. Also, I love watching this kid run, Rob. He's not Tough. the biggest kid. He's not. But you talk about hard runner, gives everything he has. Not bad for a seventh round pick. You know. Oh, jeez. Out, out of Jersey, mm-hmm. uh, this kid is just like he runs like he's angry at everybody. Yeah. You know. Tough as nails. Yep. Although, uh, was it him or McKinnon that uh, CJ GJ laid the hit on the Super Bowl? That was him, him? I, I believe. Yeah, I believe was it him. was him. Yeah, because yeah. he went out for a play or two and then came back. Yep. Um, but you talk about a kid tough as nails running the ball. And I don't mean running outside. I'm talking about running between the tackles. Yeah. You know, this kid, I love watching him. Every time he's on, I, I just sit there and watch this dude. Because he might be 210 or so, might be. But, man, does he pack a wallet when he hits the line of scrimmage. Sure does. Uh, that's for sure. All right. So, um, beyond that, just a couple other odds and ends. Miles Sanders, he's been out with a groin. Uh, looks like he's close. Could practice this week. Um, probably not going to play any preseason games, but he'll be ready for week one. Uh, it's, uh, he's going to be heavily counted on because, Derek, they got some offensive line issues in pass rush. Uh, I, I don't know. If this doesn't get relatively fixed quickly, I don't care. I don't care if he was six foot four, two hundred and thirty five pounds, look like Josh Allen. Bryce Young's going to be like like a, you know the cartoon where the guy just gets smashed into the ground and yep. flattened. That's yep. what this is going to look like if this doesn't get fixed soon. Their line's a mess. You you you're a you're a five ten five eleven one hundred eighty five pound quarterback, and you got an offensive line. You got offensive line problems. That's not good. Now, I wonder if this, this Carolina offensive line is better at run blocking than they are pass blocking. Uh, better hope so, because if, I, if I'm Bryce Young, I'm handing the ball off every every chance I get just to take, take some of the heat off me. But I can't believe that Carolina went out and got all these pieces and didn't really thoroughly look at and address the offensive line. Because you're putting your franchise quarterback out there as a rookie to start this season. His head's going to be swimming enough as it is. How's he going to look downfield if he's got to worry about who's coming left and who's coming right? You know, every play. Yeah. Uh, it's it's, it's hard enough. It, it's yeah. hard enough on a rookie, man. But you're back there running for your life. And the problem is it forms really bad habits. Yeah. Like we've seen guys before get the happy feet because they're taking such a beating. Like I, I remember David Carr, Derek Carr's brother, when yeah. he was drafted by the Texans when they were an expansion team. I thought the guy had a lot of talent, but man, oh man, did he just get destroyed by that organization? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, Frank Reich's got his work cut out for him. Uh, I'm sure he knows that. Yeah. But I also believe that Frank's going to put his guy in the best position to succeed, mm-hmm. whether it's deeper drops, whether he rolls out more to take some of that pressure off a, a mediocre offensive line. Um, I have confidence in Frank Reich in terms of putting this kid in the most least harmful way possible because you cannot look at the film the last two games and think, you're okay with the offensive line play that you've had up to this point. And you know what's crazy, Derek? It's not just, you know, like they're scrubs or their second or third string guys. Iki Ekawanu, who was their first-round pick, what, two years ago, two drafts ago? He's been like a turnstile. That's really scary if you're them. Especially if you're a right-handed quarterback and you you need that guy to protect your blind side. Mm -hmm. Oh, my goodness. Um I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. It seems like an epidemic down there. But the good thing is you still have a few weeks to work on whatever issues you have. Yeah. Because like you said off the top of the show, regular season is coming fast and furious, man. Mm-hmm. What is it, 20 days, you said? 20 days uh, till the Eagles play and just, what, 17 days until it gets real, you know, on Thursday night. Yeah, that's less than three weeks to get ready for what's to come. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so week one – Uh, The Thursday night game is the Lions at the Chiefs. So that is September 7th. The Eagles play September 10th, uh, 425 at New England. Speaking of New England, Derek, uh, Mac Jones apparently and Bill O'Brien are getting along extremely well. And uh, Mac Jones feels like it's night and day from what he had last year. And he feels like he's getting – O'Brien's getting the most out of him. And they're communicating very well. He likes the fact that O'Brien keeps it real with him. Look, O'Brien comes in with a lot of gravitas. I mean, the guy was, you know, the offensive coordinator for Tom Brady yep. for, for a minute there, you know, um, has coached in the NFL, has taken teams. He took Texans to the playoffs. Uh, so he, he comes in and he was in Alabama. Let's face it, the, the best college program that we've seen in the last 20 years. So he comes in with a pretty good resume. Well, we saw what Dayball was able to do with Daniel Jones. Let's see if Bill O'Brien can do the same thing with Mac Jones. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. And if the reviews are, are, are very positive, we haven't heard – we haven't heard anything other than that. Um, that makes this game come, this first game of the season, even that much more interesting to see what a Mac Jones under Bill O'Brien looks like compared to what he looked like under his predecessor. Um, but th- we know this is the NFL, man. You know, it changes every year. It goes from bad to good and good to bad in a hurry. Um, what is, what, Derek, what's your sense? Like, do you buy into the emotion part with, with Brady having his number retired and it being Tom Brady? you know, day and all that kind of stuff. Do you, do you buy into that? Wait, say that again. Do you buy into the emotional factor that, that, you know, the fact that they're retiring Brady's number and all those kind of things. Like, do you think that has an impact on the game? It might for a series or two. And then all of a sudden the team settle in and just play football. Initially, it'll be a, a, a additional juicer. You know, the goat is coming back home. They're retiring his number. It's the first game of the season. New England has it in their backyard. It, it might be, you know, adrenaline will be jumping, you know, for the first series or two, maybe the first quarter. But then you settle in and play football after that. You know, right. that type of juice wears off and it comes down to executing X's and O's, basically. And whoever does it better is going to win that game. Mm-hmm. You know, people. I, some people seem to think that's going to be an easy game for the Eagles. I don't. Uh, no. I, with that defense, with, Matt, with that Matthew Judon defense, I don't. I think the Eagles are going to win it, but I think they're going to earn everything they get in that game. I think if you if man I I if Eagles fans are looking at it that way, better watch out. Uh, I I think even if it wasn't a Brady game or whatever we're calling it, 
I think it would have been a tight game. Yes. So there are five, they're five point favorites in that game. I would, I wouldn't bet the game. Let me put it to you that way. But if I was a, uh, a completely unbiased on this, I probably grab the five in new England. I take the five points. I think it's going to be a field goal kind of game. Is, is that the spread right now? Eagles by five. Yeah. And the spreads are always close in the first game of the season because everybody comes out rusty. I don't care yeah, you how feel each other out. Yeah. Yeah. You feel each other out. Um, and it takes a little while to get it going, you know. Um it's four and a half now. It actually went down a half point. I'm went down. Yeah. I would have I, I expected as it gets closer to game time, Rob, it might go up to six. It might. Hmm. I think it might go up uh instead of going down, just because the Eagles are coming off the Super Bowl. Patriots are a team that, that, that missed the playoffs that are trying to reestablish themselves. Right. Um, but the superior team on paper is the Eagles, especially their offense. But, man, that offense against Bill Belichick's defense is going to be something to watch. Yeah. Because Belichick, Belichick is going to have some tricks up his sleeve for Jalen Hurts. Oh, he sure is. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you think about he he's been obsessing over that for seven months or, you know, whatever yes. it's been. <laughs> look out. Yeah, look out. Uh, all right, let's get a timeout. Let's come back. We got a bunch of stuff that we're going to get to in that final segment, uh, including birthdays and movies and a, an update on John Harbaugh uh, and the potential suspension for him. Not John, Jim Harbaugh, excuse me, at Michigan. Potential suspension for him. Uh, we'll give you all that information when we come back. Don't go anywhere. That's Derek. I'm Rob. We are Sports Stake. Right back. Passionately, go fearlessly, go confidently. Go first. <clears throat> go confidently towards your goals with First Trust, Philly's hometown bank for nearly 90 years, and the official bank of the Philadelphia Eagles. We're focused on getting you over the goal line. So go with conviction, go with trust, go first. and go forward with us by your side. First Trust Bank, the official bank of Philadelphia dreams. Oh, and go birds. fans on earth it's a bold statement but would you expect anything less from philadelphia 58 years of heartache creates a toughness a grit a resolve not found in most sure our prayers were answered but now that we've had a taste we're looking for more pondley hockey 
official partner of the Philadelphia Eagles. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. What's up, everybody? Thanks for hanging out with us. Sports Take, Jacob Sports YouTube Network on this Monday, Monday, Monday. All right, so I don't know if you've been following this, Derek, because it's kind of gone back and forth, back and forth, back and forth here. But uh, Jim Harbaugh, the brother of John who coaches the Ravens, Jim, of course, the coach at uh, Michigan, he was initially handed down a four-game suspension, and there was uh, maybe it won't be four games, whatever. There's basically, and this is unofficial, but it looks like the school is going to have a, a school-imposed three-game suspension for him. Uh, so he'll be out at least for a little while for the Wolverines. Now, uh, the thing is, um, they're not exactly playing the most challenging schedule while he's out. So no. during those three games, it's East Carolina, UNLV, and Bowling Green. I think they'll be just fine. I think you and I could coach the team and win those three games. <laughs> yes. And we, we could walk in off the street and just tell the offense and defense, okay, run what you've been practicing all summer. <laughs> yeah, whatever you guys have been doing. Just whatever just... you guys have been doing, I'm not going to say a word. I'm just going to sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, would let, I would let the coordinators handle the game. Yes. Be honest. I would too. I'd be the head coach for three games. Coordinators, it's your show. And I wouldn't have to say anything. I mean, seriously, that's what I hate about college football, man. These guys, these powerhouses, they pad their stats against these inferior opponents. Now, every once in a while, like you get an Appalachian State or somebody comes out of nowhere and pulls off an upset, you know. But for the most part, I mean, seriously, you I mean that's that that's how you're building your resume, you know, uh, yeah. against the likes of those teams. I know, I know. Come uh, on. All right, have you been at all following? The Lonzo Ball saga. So he um, will not be playing at all this season. He's out for the full 23-24. With the knee injury, correct? With his third knee surgery yeah. he, uh, that he's had. He, he hasn't played in a game since January of 22. So it's it's been a while. And, you know, more than a year and, what, nine months uh, since he last played a game. Uh, he signed that four-year, $80 million deal with the Bulls in 21. He's played in only 35 games that season. And, you know, he's he, it's a shame. He might be done. Like, he may not be able to come back. He, he thinks this surgery did it, and he'll he'll be able to return. But that's a long time. You talk about two and a half years of, of not playing in the NBA. Yeah. And coming is back. He, is he getting paid for this? Yes. <laughs> 20 know. million a year. I wonder. I wonder if it's the same type of degenerative knee issue that Miles Jack had. You know, when you're that young and you've had that many surgeries, that's not good. You know, you heal quicker when you're younger, but when you've had that many, your knee can only be stable for so long. Right. You know, and I hate to see because he's a good young talent. You know, I really think you know when you consider his 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 uh, you know nut nut job dad. 
you know, but he's a, he's uh, of the three brothers. He's the better talent. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame that it, well, he, the young one's the best. I think you think a young one's better than him. Yeah. The kid in Charlotte, I think is the most talented. Wow. I do. I, I think he is the middle kid is not NBA quality. He's just not, he's not an NBA player, but it, regardless, Lonzo had, Lonzo had a, had a, a hell of a career in front of him and yeah, it was a did. really good defender, defender, big kid, the whole night. It's a shame that his career could end prematurely because of this. Yeah. But but that happens in sports. I mean, that's a lot, that's a long time. That's a long layoff, man. And there it seems like they're being overly cautious with this thing because whatever they did the first time didn't hold. Yeah. You know, so I hope he can come all the way back. I love watching him on the court, but you know, at least he got 80 million out of it. Oof, did he ever? Uh, man, did he ever? All right. So the um we, we, we've almost gone an entire show, which is nice, without discussing it. But uh, have you – the latest on James Harden. Um, oh, no, not another one. Well, so uh, Sham Sharania reported uh, – from, Sham's from The Athletic and, and Stadium, NBA Insider, uh, tweeted out about two hours ago, as part of the NBA probe into his liar comment, James Harden told league investigators he was referring to Daryl Morey telling Harden he will trade him quickly following the $35.6 million opt-in for the 23-24 season. The, the per sources, the Sixer stance now is they expect to keep Harden. So basically here's what this comes down to. So the, the liar thing is coming from at least in Harden's mind that the Sixers told him they were going to trade him and they haven't traded him. This is where I think it's going to become. He said, she said, or he said, he said, the Sixers are going to say, Hey, we told James and his people that we would try to move him, but we're not giving away for nothing, you know, and, and, and that's where things stand right now. I think that's the, therein lies the, the issue here with these two. Now, apparently uh, this wasn't a result of them lying to him about any kind of contract, you know, numbers. This was basically just the trade piece of this. So. You know. Rob, I said it before and I'll say it again. When this story first came out and James Harden said he would never play for the Sixers again, I said, when we found out he opted in for that $35 million, we were all shocked because we were just believing beyond a shadow of a doubt that he was going to opt out and get that max contract for like $210 million over three years. And we were cringing at the Sixers possibly giving this guy at 33 years of age, 34, whatever it is. Uh, a contract that would carry him until he's 37, 38 years old. And I said, somewhere along the line, I believe James was promised something. And all of a sudden now it didn't come to fruition. And now he's seething. And then we saw how quickly Phoenix bowed out of the possible trade request. Cleveland bowed out. And then the Clippers bowed out. So I think the Sixers were asking for astronomical return. And teams are like, we're not giving this for James Harden. Yeah. We know his track history of blowing up things everywhere he goes. We're not giving you that. And then all of a sudden, the Sixers are now sitting here with egg on their face because they can't move him. And now that he's taken this stance, he's said it not once but twice that his former good buddy Daryl Morey is a liar and he was been he was duped. Now the league is getting involved in this. But what can they do? You you mean tell me across the board in sports? Front offices don't lie to players. Oh, totally. I mean, seriously. Totally. Yeah. I mean, come on. Every team, especially in football, 
Yeah. And football is is king for telling players, hey, we're going to do this for you. You're not doing it. Yeah. So, so these guys, you got to be a big boy about the situation. I hear you. Because I don't think any, I, I don't think anything's going to come down on the Sixers. I don't. I don't either. But don't. now, the more you talk, if there is a possible trade partner out there, who wants you? Exactly. Well, clearly nobody does. That's why because, he opted in. It's it's why they're they haven't been able to trade him anywhere. Nobody wants him. I mean, I don't even know about Houston. I don't know if that story was ever true yeah, was that Houston BS. wanted him. I think it was all bogus. I think it was. I mean, that bogus. story came out Christmas Day, and it, and it kept resurfacing throughout the latter half of the season into the playoffs. Exactly. I don't think Houston was ever a player, and, and I kept saying, "Why would a young team like Houston that's going through growing pains and losing all these games, and again, they have a good young nucleus of players? Would you want James Harden to be your no. mentor to young players? I, not that's only the is last it, thing you want. It, it, Right. It's not only the mentor piece of it. It's also just like, I don't want to stunt the growth of these guys. No. Harden's yeah. a guy who has to command the ball. The, the, the young dudes there aren't going to get the ball in the spots. And, and he's a good, he's a good, excuse me, distributor, but you know, it, it's no, it, it wouldn't have worked anyway. Um, this is nice. This goes back to what we were talking about last night with the Phillies being at the little league world series and the Nets. So Nick Castellanos bought every player, on the uh, gifted every I should say gifted gifted every player on the media little league team with a Chandler bat like the brand that he uses. Oh yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Getting all the kids bats like that. <laughs> Dude, nice that's, that's, again, if I was a kid, I would never use that bat. And, and I wonder if they got Nick to sign it for him. Uh, you know, I, you know, I would just keep that forever. That's a great keepsake. See, again, you know, you look at the you look at the marketing strategy behind this whole thing and it's worked out to perfection. Yeah. Now, if you're a Phillies fan, you didn't get the end results you wanted because Washington won the game, but Mm -hmm. you look at the value you got out of that game, not just from the Phillies, but Washington players alike. These kids who are living a dream as it is to be at the little league world series, got a chance to be up close and personal with major leaguers. And one major leaguer goes out of his way who plays for the hometown Phillies team to buy the, the Philadelphia team that's in the world series. You know his his signature bats. Dude, you can't you can't do a, have a better marketing strategy than this. You yeah. really can't. Nah, it's smart, smart all around. And he has the bats have jawed on them. Yeah, the the, the, the oh the term. term? Yeah. I still don't get that term. I just yeah. I, I, my kid my kids have used it. I still don't get it. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I, I it was a nice touch. You know that's for sure. Um, all right, uh, do some birthdays. Let's do it, man. We got some big ones. We got some big ones here. All right. Uh, Ready to roll. Yes, let's do this. All right. First off, Wilt Chamberlain, the great Wilt Chamberlain, was born on this day, 1936, Wilt. Uh, No longer with us, but if you ever get a chance to just Google some NBA records, just look at what this guy did. I mean, it's beyond belief. Uh, He averaged, you know, more than – more than 48 minutes per game one year because he played every second of every game. Think about a big man doing that. I yep. mean, that, that in and out, there's so many others, but I, that one has just always stood out to me. Like this dude must've been in incredible shape. It's amazing. But hundred points, 55 rebounds in one game, you know, the whole thing. Amazing. Yeah. Right. Still argue, still arguably um, one of, if not the greatest player to ever play the game, you know, no everybody has their own favorites, but. Yeah. He has to be in that conversation. Yes, agreed. Uh, Jim McMahon, former uh, former Bear, former Eagle, former a lot of team quarterback. Uh, Jim's 64 now. We know he's struggling with some health issues, but uh, one of the true characters of the game. 
you know, back in his day, Jim McMahon. That's for sure. Um, he was never a great quarterback, but he was surrounded by great talent. That Bears, that 85 Bears team, historically is one of the best teams ever assembled, you know. Yes. And all he had to do was manage it. And, you know, that's what he did. He he was a great manager of games. He was never right. a great quarterback, but you're right. He he played a quarterback position like a linebacker, which has led to a lot of his health issues now, which is yeah. really sad. Yeah. Um, but for that moment in time, you know, Jim McMahon, he was a talk of the league. And when they came out with that music video, oh, dude. <laughs> Super Bowl that, shuffle. That thing yeah. caught fire big yeah. time. Yeah, that was that was good. Um, Jack Buck, Joe Buck's father, one of the, one of the all time all time uh, you know broadcasters, play by play men, born on this day, nineteen twenty four. He would have been uh, what ninety nine years old, uh, Jack Buck, but a legend, that's for sure. Uh, Archie Griffin, Archie back to back Heisman gunner, yeah, uh, the the la- and he's the last one to do it too. I think it was seventy four, seventy five. And think uh, about Ohio how many years have come and gone since then. Crazy, right? I mean, part of it, I guess, is because guys aren't going to stick around for their senior year, I guess. Um, but yeah, that's a what, what a feat. Well, you know, and he, he was an okay pro, he was yeah, a yeah, great collegiate career at Ohio State, yeah, but just an okay pro, yep, yeah. But he's good for him. I think he's done, he, I think he might still, but he he worked in the athletic department at Ohio State for a long time, too. Uh, did Archie, uh, Usain Bolt. Usain Bolt, at one point, the fastest man on planet Earth, uh, is 37 years old today. The most highly decorated Olympic track and field sprinter, nine gold medals in he track was, and field. And he was he was the classic case. He didn't even look like he was running hard. You remember? Well, I mean, it just looked like he was just barely moving, and he was just flying. It was incredible. When you're 6'5", and you can run like that, you're not running. You're just gliding, basically. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's what he did. And the thing I always remember about him was when he got close to the finish line, in a lot of cases, he would pull up. He'd be so far ahead of the competition. He was looking over his shoulders to see who the closest competitor was. Yeah. You know, but then you talk about speed on top of speed. How many world records did he break? Oh, my God. He was different. He was just one of a kind, man. Yeah, he was awesome. Uh, Hayden uh, Penetieri, the actress, is 34 years old. Uh, the great Kenny Rogers, yep. uh, who, who passed away not all that long ago, 30, uh, 1938, Kenny was born. Coward of the county. That's right. That's right. Sergey Brin. Now, you may not be familiar with the name, but he was the founder of Google, or he is the founder of Google. He's 50 yep. years old today. Uh, I, I never knew what the what the name of the uh, founder of Google was. I didn't either until I started researching this stuff last night. Yeah. Uh, Loretta Devine, uh, the actress, is 74 years young today. Excellent actress. In her own right, well, she does not look like she's in her seventies. I was at I was in fifties. I was at early fifties. Yeah, you her skin is. Yeah, knock twenty off of you know like the way she looks. I had to look at that twice. I said seventy four. Yeah, whatever she's doing, keep it up. You know, um, seventy four years old. Alicia Witt, who is an actress, is forty eight years old today. Uh, Clarence Williams. Mod Squad Gunner the Third uh, was born on this day in 1930. He had the probably the greatest Afro in TV during that time. Wasn't right? he Lincoln Hayes in the Mod Squad? Yes. Yeah. 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 That bad boy, man. That was that was that was special, man. What he had going there. Uh, Brody Jenner, who's the one of the Jenner kids. Uh, well, uh, Bruce, what? Uh, Caitlyn Jenner. What, what's he go? I don't know. Whatever. You know what? I mean. <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner and uh, yeah. Be He's careful! What, be careful what you all, say. That's all I'm saying. Forty years old today, Bro, Brody Jenner. 
Uh, now, some people may not know this name, but I think you and I will because we watch enough HGTV. Yeah. Tarek El Musa. He's flipper, the flipper flop guy. He and his ex-wife would, would do, would go in, they'd flip things and, and whatever. I love that show. I, I'm a big fan. I like, I like What's HGTV. What's the name of the show? It was called Flipper Flop. Flipper Flop. Okay. They would go in, they, they were, they were flippers and they would go in and buy these like beat up houses in LA and fix them up and sell them for profit. Basically. My, my wife will watch a number of those shows. I don't, I don't, I don't know the names of them, but yeah. I, every now and then I'll stop and watch. Cause I think it's interesting how they tear stuff down and how they reconstruct it. Yeah. But they I'll ended up getting divorced they, and they were still doing kind of doing the show together for a little while. Then, then they couldn't do it anymore. And he has his show and she has her show now. Wait, was she the blonde? Time. Yeah. Okay, that's the one. Okay. All yes. Right. All right. So that was that's him. He's 42 today. Uh Kellis, the uh the singer, rapper, uh hip hop artist. She's 43 today. She's the milkshake girl, uh, as as the song goes. Count Basie was born on this day, 1904. One of the greatest uh, musicians in oh, history. Oh my god. One of the all-timers. Guy we talked about last uh, was the last week of the week before on the show, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, he's yep. only thirty. Yep, man. And look at how many consecutive thousand yard seasons he's nine. had. And nine, yeah, he's at nine. It's incredible. Uh, all right, what else do you have, Gunner? Uh, we have uh, Stephen Hillenberg, uh, who was the creator of, uh, believe this or not, SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. Uh, he was born on this day in 1961. Died at an early age. Kim Cattrall, who was on the old show as a Sex in the City. Yes. Yeah. Uh, 67. Mm -hmm. uh, Carrie Ann Moss from the, she was Trinity in the Matrix movie series. Yep. 56. Uh, Christopher Robin, Robin Milne. His father wrote the book, uh, Robinson Caruso. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, Winnie, oh, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. Winnie, Winnie the Pooh. The Pooh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's the, he's the, the, the storyline. The character's named him. after yeah. him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. After the son. Yep. That's pretty cool. Um, let's see. Mark Evans Jackson. Played in the movie uh, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, 53. Okay. Peter Weir, a uh, great film director, did the movie Witness and a, a other number of other movies. Good, um, good director. Yep. Uh, J.D. Martinez, outfielder uh, DH uh, for the Dodgers, 36. Mm -hmm. Achilles Smith. Oh, wow. Was the third quarterback taken in 1999 behind uh, Tim Couch and Donovan McNabb. Last from the past how about, name, right? How about there. Tim Couch, uh, Cleveland taking Tim Couch first overall? What a bust he turned out to be. And he's another guy who, who had no protection. He just got, you know, no. shredded. Yeah, yeah, no chance. Uh, the great Chris Shankle, remember him? Oh, the, he was he was great. One of the yeah. best uh, ABC sports broadcasters. Work. Yes. Yep. Yep. Born on this day in 1923, the great Willie Lanier, middle linebacker for Kansas City, played his entire career in Kansas City. Yep. Hall of Famer, Super Bowl champion, 78. Mm -hmm. And former second overall major league pick, uh, B.J. Upton. You know, uh, him and his brother Justin played together. They, play, they, play, they did see. play together, I think, for a minute. Yeah, <laughs> maybe with the Rays or somewhere else. Yeah, They're the only brother tandem uh, drafted number one and number two. Justin Upton was drafted number one overall. B.J. was drafted number two overall when he came out. Huh. So they're the only brother tandem ever drafted one and two in a major league draft. That's pretty interesting. Um, all right. Any more birthdays? We'll dive into the movies. Uh, that's it. All right. Uh, 1987, Dirty Dancing. Ah, uh, yes. So, uh, one of the all-timers. Swayze? Yes, Swayze and Jennifer Grey uh, were in that. Yep. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, uh, Quentin Tarantino movie, Brad Pitt, 2009. 
Blade, Wesley Snipes. That was one Very of my favorites. Good. That's one of my favorites. Yes. Uh, that was 1998. Bambi, the original, 1942. Yes. Man, 81 years ago. Um, a, an interesting, weird, dark role for Robin Williams. One hour photo. If you haven't seen it, it's it's a departure for him. It's a, it's a he plays a real sort of stalker, loner, weirdo, but he's excellent at it. Uh, good movie, dark, but 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 good. Um, that's all I have. Movies. Uh, let's see, 2020, The Sleepover. Never saw that one, but it was a popular movie. And 2015, Sinister Two. Okay. Which was okay. another big cult movie for horror movie uh, films. Uh, I never watched any of those. I don't watch those kind of movies. I hate not them. my kind of thing. Nope. Saw, Sinister. No, nope. just all not that my kind of that, that one came out in 2015. Yeah. To each their own. If, if that's what you're into, great. Yeah, really. Not my you, can have, you can have those. All right. That's that's going to do it for us. Uh, so tomorrow we'll recap the Phillies and the Giants. We'll get you set. Eagles joint practice tomorrow, Gunner, uh, as they get set for their last preseason game against the Colts. It'll be Shane Steichen and crew in town. So we'll dive into all those kind of things tomorrow. I want to thank Tone to Shields. Tone, great job producing the program. Thanks to everybody in the uh, chat section, everybody streaming, everybody listening. We appreciate you. Uh, Gunner and I are back tomorrow, same time. Don't go anywhere. You have the National Football Show with Dan Cilio coming your way right now. So we'll see you guys tomorrow. Appreciate you hanging for Derek Gunn. I'm Rob Ellis. We're Sports Take.